Introducing the frontrunner to replace Mark Turgeon as the University of Maryland head basketball coach. His stated game plan, I don't see what the issue is. You put the ball in the basket, you stop the other team from putting the ball in the basket. It's not that hard. He also plans to start himself at small forward. He is Glenn Clark. Good morning. It is Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn. He's Paul. A lot to discuss today. It'd be really nice if you're going to move on from a basketball coach. Maybe you don't do it on a Wednesday afternoon. Or, sorry, Friday afternoon. It's going to be really nice if you're hosting a show if you figure out what day you're supposed to say when you rant to start the show. That would be nice, too. There's a lot going on. Hi. Hi. Happy to have you aboard. Thanks to those of you that joined us for Project Game Day yesterday. We do it every game day this season. I'm with you at halftime. It's myself and, you know, a special guest post game. Yesterday it was Rita. Next week it's going to be KZ. Uh, it'll be another Baltimore-Cleveland matchup because of this odd quirk in the schedule. They play each other twice in three games, and the Browns play the Ravens in back-to-back games because that's normal and a thing that should happen in the NFL. Um, but uh, if you missed it yesterday, you can go to Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports, click on the Videos tab, or go to PressBoxOnline.com slash Video. We'll see you this coming Sunday uh, for Project Game Day. It's brought to you by our friends at Window Nation, as well as Glory Days Grill and Underdog of Fantasy Football. Coming up on the program today, we are going to talk about what happened in Pittsburgh yesterday. Our buddy Kadria Smiles is going to check in with us, share his thoughts on the Ravens' failure to defeat the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, later on in the program, Seth Greenberg will check in with us, ESPN College Basketball Analyst. We will get his thoughts on the Mark Turgeon situation and where Maryland will find their next head coach. It's also Monday, so Jeremy Kahn will check in with us. We'll dish out some slaps to the helmet and much more. That's all on the way here on GCR. Look, I have had more time to think about it. I've got a column coming today at uh, PressBoxOnline.com that sort of goes through it. I- I'm in a weird place because I'm panicked is the wrong word. I'm not panicked because nothing to me really changed yesterday. It, it it's a it's a weird feeling that I have. This was a flawed team whose injury issues have caught up with them and whose quarterback has been struggling. And after yesterday, they're a flawed team whose injury issues have caught up to them and a quarterback who's been struggling. I think the Marlon Humphrey injury is leading to more of a reaction along the lines of, well, it's just not the Ravens season. I think that it's the first time I've sensed an amount of give up from the fan base. Like, look, it's just not meant to be. It's too overwhelming. It's too much. They did everything they could to sort of get through this as they were dealing with injury after injury after injury, but this is the final straw. This is the straw that broke the camel's back, if you will, whatever you want to call it. This is the last one. And I get it. I I do. I understand that feeling. I understand why people are reacting the way that they are. This team has gotten by with a razor-thin margin for some time. They have not been overwhelming much at all this season. And, you know, they they played within the margin. Obviously, they had a a chance to win the game. They very well could have won the game on the final play yesterday. They didn't. Um, I get why the thought would be this is just too much. Marlon Humphrey's too important of a player. 
on a roster that's already thin, you're now going to be required to have Anthony Averett out there at all times. Jimmy Smith is going to have to play every snap, essentially. It's just too much. It's too much to ask of this team to keep trying to get by. And I don't sense that it's a, we think they're going to lose every game. It's more of a, yeah, maybe they could still win a few games, but we just know the answer. This team's not winning a Super Bowl, so whatever they do short of that kind of doesn't matter. That's the feeling that I have from this fan base as a whole. And I can't tell you that you're wrong. I mean, I can't. I can't tell you you're wrong about that. I have not had significant hope that the Ravens could win the Super Bowl this year for a few weeks now. That's kind of gone away. I've continued to say the right things when I came in and did this show. Hey, look, there's still not a team in the NFL that I necessarily fear. There's a lot of mediocrity. It's not like anybody's all that great. So the Ravens could beat a lot of teams. I don't know. Goofy things could happen. But for some time, I've said to you, I think that at some point we're going to sit down and we're going to do an autopsy on the season. We're going to say ultimately their complete inability to run the ball was what doomed them. Well, that's not the only thing. It's mixed with the overwhelming number of the rest of the injuries. If there's something surprising, it's that for the last month we've had to add to the list their extremely high-level quarterback, their MVP-caliber quarterback, suddenly became someone who couldn't even play at a reasonable level because he couldn't handle a cover zero defense. That's surprising. I did not see that coming a month ago. A month ago, if you would have asked me, hey, do you think within a month we'll know for sure that the Ravens aren't going to win the Super Bowl? I might have said, yeah, I, I, I think it's possible that we could know that. But I wouldn't have said it because of this and this is the alarming thing and this is the thing that has more hair than the other issues the other issues and again there's a there's still time left things can change it it seems overwhelming at this point right like it seems almost impossible that they will but they can and we have to be honest about that the other things that we're talking about the other things that are on this list the injuries I mean, that's not every season will have this sheer number of significant injuries. But for the Ravens as a whole, as an organization, this last thing, this Lamar Jackson not being able to handle a cover zero defense, this is by far the biggest concern of any of them. Because this shapes the future of your franchise. And again, I'm not saying Lamar Jackson will never be able to figure it out. And Lamar Jackson is still... One of the most unique talents that has ever played the quarterback position in the National Football League. And he has every skill set necessary to handle anything that comes his way. But he's not handling this at all. And the story, for all of you that want to freak out about going for two, for all of you that want to constantly blame the offensive coordinator every time, the story of what's going on offensively with the Baltimore Ravens in concert with their inability to run the ball. Frankly, they ran the ball a little bit better yesterday than they had been, but let's not oversell that either. We're still talking about not even four yards per carry from Devontae Freeman. It's just that the bar has been so low that when they ran the ball a little bit, it looked like an improvement. 
their complete inability to run the ball, the number of injuries they've dealt with, combined with the fact that their quarterback is playing poorly. Not not playing up to MVP caliber, MVP standards. He's playing poorly. He's not playing well at all the last three times we've seen him play. That's a problem for the Ravens' big picture. You can be as mad as you want about the fact they didn't convert the two-point conversion. Whoever you want to blame. You want to blame John Harbaugh for going it, blame John uh, Harbaugh for going for it. I, I didn't love it when the decision was announced. I didn't think it meshed with the vibe of what the Ravens had done offensively. I think there was too much risk of it, something getting blown up in the backfield for it to have worked. And while that's not necessarily what happened, it certainly impacted the reason why the play failed. You want to blame Lamar Jackson because the throw wasn't great? You're right. Throw wasn't great. Had a lot of room to work with. Had opportunity to put more loft on a ball. Give Mark Andrews a better opportunity to make a catch. Yes, he had T.J. Watt in his face, and that made things more difficult, but you still need to make a better throw there. Blame Lamar Jackson for that. You want to blame Mark Andrews because ultimately you think the ball should have been caught anyway? Sure. All of it. Blame whoever you want for the two-point conversion play uniquely. But it doesn't address the bigger problem. The bigger problem is that your quarterback cannot play this poorly. Period. Your quarterback can play well enough to get you by. Your quarterback can play at a standard that isn't quite MVP caliber, but he can't do this. No quarterback in the NFL can make the throw that Lamar Jackson made in the first quarter. None. Zero. If you are a National Football League quarterback, not a high-level quarterback trying to get paid, if you're Zach Wilson, if you're Tim Boyle, if you're Tyler Huntley, if you're Trace McSorley, if you're Brian St. Pierre, you Dan Orlovsky running out of the back of the end zone, you can't make that throw. And it was why I wouldn't praise Lamar Jackson for the touchdown last week. That wasn't a good throw. It didn't go on the positives. It's like when we try to go back at the what was it, the second Kansas City game, and we try to, in revisionist history, say, but look at how Lamar Jackson led them back in that game. No, he made terrible throws that unbelievably were caught. We, we hide from things based on what the result of the play was. But last week, that touchdown throw to Mark Andrews was a horrible idea that just so happened to end up coming away with a good result. But the problem with that is then the quarterback might try it again, and that's what you get. That, yesterday, was the deserved result of something like that, of just tossing the ball up in the middle of the field. You deserve to have that intercepted. No quarterback can make that play in the NFL. This isn't a Joe Flacco, Lamar Jackson debate. This isn't a, is Lamar Jackson a running, uh, 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 a running back who's playing quarterback? It's not any of those things. Lamar Jackson is an NFL quarterback. He can't make that throw. Period. Why Lamar Jackson is panicking so much, a lot of people would say, well, he's got a, a piss-poor offensive line in front of him. 
I don't know that that was the story yesterday. I mean, obviously Tyree Phillips got abused by by Watt as the game went on. There's no doubt about that. But from start to finish, I don't know that that was the story. The story was oftentimes that Lamar Jackson was unwilling to take what was there. That's on him. There are open receivers. I I don't know what's going on. We talked yesterday, Reed and I did, about the idea that there might be a level of selfishness involved, that Lamar Jackson is, in his mind, has to be constantly throwing the ball downfield because of all the criticism that he's heard over the years, because of people saying he's not really a quarterback, that if he throws the ball underneath, people are going to criticize him. And especially as he's a player seeking to make a lot of money in free agency, he needs to be throwing the ball downfield so he can't take those underneath things. He does it sometimes. He did it for an entire 99-yard touchdown drive. Those weren't chunk plays. Those were underneath correct reads. That was what was available. But then for some reason, that goes away. And when Devin Duvernay is wide open in the flat to the left on a critical possession in the fourth quarter, when your defense is starting to get a bit gassed and you need to move the ball there's no look there. And instead, it becomes a sack. And the sacks yesterday were largely on Lamar Jackson. We love Lamar Jackson in this town. I, I think he's one of the most remarkable athletes we've ever seen. And we have not, a group of us, there are some people that have always wanted to criticize him. There's a group of us that has not wanted to criticize Lamar Jackson because we've seen so much unfair criticism of him from others. But we got to be realistic about this. This is on Lamar Jackson. Period. You can not like your coordinator all you want. That's I know that get it. That's what we do in this town. We just we don't like the coordinators. But the plays are there to be made. They're not being made. And yes, you're asking a ton of your quarterback because you're getting so little in the running game. But that's that's where you are. Where has Rashad Bateman been the last two weeks? There have been uh, opportunities uh, for Rashad Bateman. I have I, I've I heard his name on a penalty yesterday. He had one target. He I think he had ten snaps the week before. Is this the a matter of him being a rookie? <laughs> we're not at practice, so we don't see what they see. Is it a matter of him being a rookie and not getting I the I haven't looked at the snap count from yesterday, so I don't. I have no idea. It's it's like fifth on my list of. Fair enough. You know what I mean? Like, sure, I think Rashad Bateman should get more snaps. Now, what happened yesterday? Like, I, has, Lamar Jackson's not playing well. Right. I. I my, my my whole point is <clears throat> the last drive when they ended up scoring the touchdown. They're throwing the ball over the middle of the field. They're completing passes. They're moving down the field. And I feel like if Rashad Bateman's a guy that you throw the ball to him over the middle of the field all game long, and he can make something happen, and they just weren't doing it. Now, I know that Lamar was holding on to the ball too long. Maybe there weren't too many opportunities for Bateman. Maybe he hasn't been practicing particularly well, and he hasn't been absorbing the game plan well. He played but, about half the snaps yesterday, for what it's <clears> worth. <throat> I, it's a, if, we, if I got to that point, it would be something that I'd be more concerned about. You know, I, don't, I don't care who's out on the field. Right. I just feel like the, he helps The throws you win. are there to be made. The, this is on Lamar. This is not on who's out there. The throws are there. There are open receivers. Mm-hmm. They're, they're out there. They're just he's – not, he's not getting the ball out 
He's holding on to the ball. Sometimes running backwards while holding on to the ball. Mm. Thinking he's Patrick Mahomes. I, I don't get it. I like Rashad Bateman. Trust me, I'd like to see more of Rashad Bateman. But I don't think it matters right now who's on the field. I, I, it doesn't seem to be the story. It seems to be the story of when any amount of pocket collapse is coming, there is this insistence on holding on to the football. And I don't, I don't get it. It makes no damn sense to me. I don't understand what is going on. I think Lamar Jackson can play better because I think the opportunity is there for him to play better. I think in looking at this, there are chances for plays to be made. And I know that Lamar Jackson works hard, and I believe that Lamar Jackson will be better. But he's going to have to be, or there's no chance. The only scenario where any of this could be salvaged for some sort of deep run for the playoffs is that it's not, there's no, it's not being solved in another way. You can say, hey, for everything that happened yesterday, they still could have won the game somehow. Yes, they could have. They could have won the game. But the problems would all still exist. Any sort of real run for this football team has to surround Lamar Jackson playing better football because every team's going to do the same thing. They're all going to keep showing him the cover zero looks. They're all looking at this and saying he can't handle it. The story is the quarterback. In the same way that for much of the start of the season, the only reason the Ravens were, say, 5-1 and one was because of the quarterback. Right now, the biggest story as to why they're stuck, why they're in this sort of murky quagmire, is because teams have started showing Lamar Jackson something else, and he hasn't handled it. You're asking a lot of your quarterback, un, undeniably. But that's the reason why he's going to be in the market to get a boatload of money moving forward. And there are certainly other problems on this roster. And not having I, – I get Marlon Humphrey has not had the season that he's had the last couple years. You're, anybody who's watching can see that. The, this, if you want to go by the grading services – He's definitely been graded much lower by PFF. You can say whatever you want to say. But the scenario where Marlon Humphrey isn't on the field requires someone else to be on the field who's not as good as Marlon Humphrey, even in a down year. It's a big problem. Kind of plain and simple. It's a big problem. They have a lot of problems. I mean, they do. They've got a lot of issues. But the first one, and the only one that's going to ultimately define whatever they're capable of moving forward is going to be whether or not the quarterback plays better and whether or not he starts figuring out these looks that he's being given. Today's show also brought to you by Window Nation. Weather's cold now. It's the way it works. It's December. I thought it was kind of nice on Saturday. But other than that, it's cold. You know the deal. deal. That's the way it happens. And that means that there's higher energy bills. But the good news is that Window Nation is here to help. For December only, get 50% off all style windows and a house of windows for only $99 a month. 
Call Window Nation today, 866-90-NATION, or go to windownation.com in order to find out more. Get me your slaps of the helmet uh, at Glenn Clark Radio. We will discuss that a little bit later on in the program. You know the drill. Five Ravens, two must be offensive players, two must be defensive players. The fifth can be whoever you want. Rank them five to one. We will discuss that later on in the show. Right now, our, our friend, Super Bowl champion, WJZ analyst, Mr. Kadri Ismail, is back with us here on GCR. Q, what's going on, brother? How are you? Man, do I have to talk. I mean, bro, we're all in the same boat, man. <laughs> like, it ain't, Mother of pearl. It ain't fun. You know what's funny about it? Like, they're they're an inch away from winning that football game, and yet, like, we are we are all almost despondent here yes. in town today. And they were an inch away from somehow figuring out a way to win that game on the road. The crazy thing about it, it's the fact that it's the Pittsburgh Steelers coming off a uh, 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 just a a god ugly performance against the the Bengals. It's the opportunity to barely play your best and win. And now you just got to hear your friends who come out of the closet as Pittsburgh Steelers fans because they want to, you know, talk smack. And it's like, I mm-hmm. All right. just want to just let you know, but there's nothing you nope. can say. You just got to nope. suck it up. That's the way it goes, man. That's the way it yes. goes. Yes. All right. Let's, um, let, let's, let's talk about, to me, what I think, Kadri is the biggest overall story. I mean, besides all the injuries, of course, which is just overwhelming. But what we've seen for the last month from Lamar Jackson, specifically against the zero coverage looks, and the number of times we've seen him hold the ball, start running backwards, things along those lines, not take the underneath stuff that's there for him. How surprised are you by how he has looked since the Dolphins game and and is it as simple as saying, hey, the plays are there to be made. Right now, he's just not making them. Honestly, it is as simple as the plays are there to be made. He's simply not making them. It's, it's befuddling because I know he is a guy that throughout his short body of work, the, the, the way in which he has put this team on his shoulders – whether it be him and the taking over for Joe Flacco making a playoff run, whether it be you know the ultimate in bully ball going fourteen and two, whether it be you know last year going on the road against you know the Titans, whatever it might be, they just look good and look the part because of him adapting and learning with every challenge that he's been under. Mm-hmm. The challenge, the Pittsburgh challenge, you talk about Kansas City being the kryptonite, if you will, early in the year is what he was saying, and then finally they get off the snide and and win the one-point game. I think now it's the Steelers for Lamar personally because he's played and turned the ball over. Maybe if they win here or there, that's one thing, but just him personally and how he's played, he hasn't quite figured out the way in which he needs to to have a just a breakout kick butt take names later type game against the Steelers and yes on top of that you look back and going back to the Miami game he has not looked very good with his decision making I mean I 
I, I can't I can't blame Greg Roman for it. Like I can't blame the play calling. I, I it seems like there are regularly receivers that are open and I I, I don't Kadri, there are people that are asking, is this about Lamar knowing that there's a contract coming up, just wanting to get the ball downfield, wanting to air it out, wanting to put up big numbers? And I, I can't get into Lamar's head, and Lamar seems like a really good person, and I, I, we don't have any reason to think that he would value himself over the team, but I, I, I don't know how to explain almost an unwillingness to take what it is that a defense is giving you. Well, like, let's separate two things. What does having a contract and being a good person and, you know, all that have to do with the art of playing the game? In other words, I feel that he's been consistent with desiring to win and desiring to win a championship. I think he's been consistent with that. And and at the same time, it is one of those things where the growth process of any quarterback is just so happens that he's the Baltimore Ravens quarterback. And if you're a Baltimore Ravens fan, then you care about, you know, his progression, but any quarterback are going to have those moments, good and bad. And you got to figure out how you can improve the game of football and the pro level is about the constant making of adjustments, making sure that you stay ahead of the curve. So the other team can't, come against you so at the same time for Lamar he's in a rut where the other teams the coordinators the players they've kind of figured out some things about him that has worked in their favor and he hasn't developed that counterpunch to it yet what'd you think of the decision to go for two loved it loved it loved it they regularly go for it on fourth now they regularly get it on fourth now we've seen the brilliance of Lamar Jackson so many times make plays so many times with Mark Andrews making plays. And if those are my best players in the best moment, most toughest moment, I want to give them the ball and opportunity. I don't want to put it in the hands of my defense. That's really been, you know, struggling and reeling uh, especially when you're looking at your best corner on the sideline. And if you do kick it, he ain't coming back out there. So as much as you have Justin Tucker, you lose that uh, opportunity to have the ball. You might not even be able to get a chance to see Justin Tucker because Ben Roethlisberger and company is going to be slicing and dicing you right. up. I, look, the only issue that I have, Kadri, is that, that there was regularly disruption in the backfield. And I, I'm not – I get it, right? I completely get it. And typically, I think the Ravens should be about as aggressive as they can be. That being said, yesterday, it, it felt like there was regularly backfield disruption and you were running a serious risk of that thing getting blown up before it ever had a chance. Now, there was a little bit on that play, and it might have altered. As it turns out, the play that you ran clearly should have worked. You, you designed a play that should have won you the football game there yesterday. You didn't execute the play that yeah. should have won you the football game. So that's where... Yeah, coaches coach, players play. And you got the right play into your players. They need to go out and execute it. And they did not get it done. And, again, for all the other reasons I just stated, yep. that's where I, I, if i got to hang my hat on something, i got to do something, I want to put my best players in best position possible. I did, and it just didn't work out. 
the there's this Kadri Ismail is with us here on GCR. There's this sort of I, I I sense a feeling from the fan base of the Marlon Humphrey injury almost being like the straw that broke the camel's back. That there's this sort of like doom feeling of man they they've already had to do so much down so many guys. This just might be the one that makes it impossible to overcome. I mean this is overwhelming, right? Like three three quarters of your starting secondary going into the season is now gone. Um, you know, on top of the running backs, on top of Ronnie Stanley, on top of everything else. It, it's going to be very difficult. You're going to have to ask a lot of Anthony Averett and Jimmy Smith moving forward. Do you start to worry at all about the totality of this just being too much for a team to overcome to really be able to make a deep run? Yes and no. Yes, you have to look at the stark reality of talent and the depth of talent has whittled. I remember when Eric DaCosta was being interviewed sometime early in the offseason, and he was saying, yeah, you love the fact that you have so much depth, and you love the fact that you have you know, great talent on the front line. However, what happens is once you get past that, and now the season happens, you can never really truly rest because it's one injury. And now that quality depth looks very shallow at that particular position. And so you're constantly trying to tweak the bottom half of your roster so you can have the correct amount of balance week to week. Now, the other part of it is, is that there's matchups. In other words, there's a lot of football left to be played. We don't know what Pittsburgh is going to be doing. We don't know what Cincinnati is going to be doing. Last I checked, when Cincinnati beat the Ravens, they lost to the Jets. Yeah. And last I checked, they whooped up on Pittsburgh only to lose again to That's the Chargers. True. That's true. So the Chargers look like they were world beaters in the beginning of the year. Now they kind of look like they were left for dead. This is not a John Harbaugh cliche of week-to-week league. This is the reality of it all. And you can't be too high. You can't be too low. Yes, you absolutely have to play your best football now and moving forward. December and January, you've got to play your best. And so the Ravens, they need to play their best if they want to stay relevant in the conversation, regardless of who's out there on the football field in the lineup. I, I know that's true, and, and obviously it starts with the quarterback, right? Like, it, it, it starts there and it goes from there. I, I, do, I don't think it's unfair, and I think you alluded to this, Kadri. I don't think it's unfair to say, boy, is this a difficult ask. Boy, is this unbelievably difficult to ask this number of players to do, to try to hold up and, 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 and do it. Now, you know, again, that's what the guys are paid to do, right? They're paid to go out there. Whoever's lining up next to them, you got to go get your job done. Um, and, and I'm not – by no means am I willing to, to sit here and say it's impossible. There's just no way uh, – we have seen crazier things in the NFL than a team lose this number of players and still figure out a way to win football games. The thing is – that's the excitement of the, the game itself. That's the excitement of every week having to figure out the, the violent game of chess and right. the chess pieces. The thing is, you got Lamar Jackson, and they don't. So that's a plus. A plus. You still have you know a good group of, of receivers. That's a plus. 
while the running backs aren't J.K. and Gus, you still have some competency there and some brilliance. I know that people are ragging on Greg Roman, but the stupidity of it all is is that if he was so bad, then how come he went on the road against a team that literally were looking like world beaters from a defensive standpoint, and with his starting quarterback at the last second going down, um, he uses his backup quarterback and in the heat of the moment calls enough plays, dials it up the right way, and he gets a victory. So F. Scott Fitzgerald, all the negativity, hmm. there's a lot of football left hmm. to play. You just got to be smart and weather the storm. And I think John Harbaugh's team is good enough to weather the storm. You have to let it play out. Now, if they don't get it done, we're going to absolutely have you call me up. Your producer's going to be like, Kadri, you're going on. And you're going to say, Kadri, what happened? I'm going to say, they didn't get it done. Right, and right. they squandered those opportunities. But until then, right now, all I know is they're first place in the AFC North at 8-4, and four, and there's a lot of football left to be played. How much uh, – by the way, I've never heard you use that F. Scott Fitzgerald. Gerald. All, these, all the years that you and I have been friends, I have never heard you use that F. Scott Fitzgerald line before. I love that. that mother was, of Pearl. Uh, I can't believe I've, you did not I've, know I, I mean, didn't I've, say F. I've, Scott I've Fitzgerald. I've heard Mother of Pearl no, no fewer than six billion times in my life. I've never heard that <laughs> one. Hey, uh, how much do you uh, – how much uh, South Dakota State hate exists in the Ismail House right now? All I know is I am so happy that they took care of business at Sacramento State because I'm not making no West Coast trip. <laughs> South Dakota State going to have to come out to the East Coast. Come on now. <laughs> I love that. Uh, remind everybody about missile training, my friends. Yes, indeed. I'm actually working on a client as we speak. The ability to multitask is one of the things that I do. But missile training, yes, it is one where if you're trying to move better, feel better, get out of pain, I am your guy. If you're trying to increase your speed and athleticism or your child's speed and athleticism, I am your guy. You can directly message me or, as we say, DM a brother on Twitter at I am Kadri Ismael. That's where you get it. Uh, of course, Kadri, you see him on WJZ for their coverage uh, next Sunday. They will be back. Q, always appreciate you, my friend. Thank you for taking the time for us, as always. Let's talk again real soon, all right? Appreciate you, brother. Thank you. Kadri Ismail, always appreciate him taking the time for us. I really do. I just keep coming back to it. It's the simple. The plays are there. The plays are there to be made. They're just not being made. Quarterback's got to play better. And I think there is room for debate about the two-point conversion. I have plenty of, I have no problem with debating that. I didn't love it at first because I thought it was going to be disrupted in the backfield. To some extent, it was. But I get it. You have an opportunity to just end the game right here. End it. Have it be done with. I completely, fully understand that. And the amount of faith that you had on both sides of the ball at that point could not have been overwhelming. Our buddy Craig Heiss checks in this morning. As far as going for two, it's like the 35-foot jumper a guy takes, and the coach says, no, 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 and it goes in, and he, she yells, great shot. I saw Ron Rivera at the Meadowlands last year do the same thing after the football team scored a touchdown, and he went for two with four seconds to go. They lost by the same 20-19 to 19 score. I don't care if it works or if it doesn't. The play is to kick the freaking point and play for overtime, especially on the road, just my honest opinion. I think you'd argue, you know, it's the exact opposite, right? Like, if you're at home you're more confident in playing for overtime because you would tend to have momentum, the crowd would be behind you, you would like your chances a little bit better. On on the road, it's still a really daunting ask what you're trying to do. So I, I kind of disagree with you about that, Heisty. I think if you're going to do it, you're going to make the decision based on home and road, 
you do it on the road so you don't have to be in that atmosphere for a prolonged period of time. At, at home, I think you say, hey, we like our chances. We Things are on our side. From Patricia, should the franchise be worried about paying a quarterback who doesn't seem to be adjusting the defenses and holds the ball way too long? And I get the O-line isn't very good. Should they be worried about it? I mean, it should be something they're thinking about. Yes. Does it prevent you from paying him? No. This is still Lamar Jackson that we're talking about. But is it something that you're filing away and you're bringing up during conversations? Yeah. Is there some world where it keeps the two parties, if this continues, it keeps the two parties so far apart that Lamar's got to go play his fifth year instead of getting the extension done this offseason? Yes. That's absolutely possible. I'm not panicked about Lamar. I think he's going to get it figured out, but he's got to do it soon or else this season will expire. Mobile One Full Synthetic Motor Oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. We have not had an opportunity to talk about Mark Turgeon and Maryland basketball because it happened when we went off the air on Friday. We're going to do that next. Seth Greenberg is going to join us from ESPN, and I'll tell you what I know after that. It's Glenn Clark Radio. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is coming soon to Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Maryland, this is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. Need to hone your computer skills to boost your career? Or maybe you want an IT certification. CCBC Continuing Education has the courses and programs you need for a career in the computer field. And it's all tuition free. From the basics to specialized training, we have the classes you need from hardware to programming to cybersecurity and so much more. It's your choice. It's your career. Call 443-840-4700 or visit ccbcmd.edu slash computer training. Hey, it's Glenn Clark for Window Nation. Cold weather has arrived, and that means one thing, higher energy bills. But the good news is that Window Nation is here to help. For a limited time, get 50% off all style windows, bays, bows, double hung, and sliders, plus a house of windows for only $99 a month. Rising natural gas prices are affecting everyone, but new Window Nation windows can help. Get 50% off any style window and a house of windows for only only $99 a month. Call Window Nation today at 866-90NATION or go online at windownation.com. That's December only. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you. From all of the biggest games to the smallest events, make every bet worth your while at MyBookie. Start by doubling your first deposit instantly with MyBookie's first deposit bonus up to $1,000. Double your money before you even place a bet, and all you have to do is sign up and deposit using the exclusive promo code PRESSBOX at MyBookie.ag. If your first deposit is $100, MyBookie adds $100 so you can start with $200 to play with. If your first deposit is $1,000, MyBookie adds $1,000 so you can start with with $2,000 to play with. With tons of great games and prop bets to take advantage of this week, there is truly something for everyone. Don't wait any longer. Head to MyBookie today to redeem your double deposit bonus so you can start winning big today. That's promo code PRESSBOX to receive double your first deposit instantly in your account. No hassle, no wait. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. 
Duffy's Garage is a family-owned and operated car care facility in beautiful Baldwin, Maryland. An authorized Maryland inspection station and Napa Pro Care Center with ASE certified techs. Tell them that Glenn Clark sent you and receive 10% off your service with a max discount of $150. You gotta trust where you take your car, so take it to where I take mine. Duffy's Garage in Baldwin. Duffy'sGarageMD.com Stay tuned. Your chance to win a million dollars is coming up. Probably not from us. You're listening to Glenn Clark Radio. All right, back in here on GCR. We continue to uh, deal with the fallout of a Ravens loss to the Steelers. We will get back to that, I promise. If you're looking for a simple holiday meal, try Chick-fil-A catering. From Chick-fil-A nuggets to mac and cheese, enjoy a variety of tray options. Size perfectly for your get-together. Order through the Chick-fil-A app and bring smiles to your family gathering. Availability and order requirements vary. See restaurant for details. Of course, there is another particularly significant story that uh, happened after we went off the air on Friday, so we haven't had a chance to talk about it. Let's talk a little bit more about Maryland basketball. Moving forward now without Mark Turgeon, Danny Manning is the interim coach and a national search for a coach to happen. Joining us now to share some thoughts about everything that's going on, he is a friend of ours, college basketball analyst for ESPN. He is Coach Seth Greenberg, and he's back with us on GCR. Coach, it's Glenn and Paul in Baltimore. It's always great to chat with you. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. My pleasure. How you guys doing? I know uh, the Ravens losing. People are in mourning. One thing about Malcolm Delaney, the state. Yeah. Oh, Seth, you there? All right, let's see if we can't find Seth Greenberg again. I don't know what happened there. Uh, Seth Greenberg, of course, former Virginia Tech coach, and he was just referring to his guy, Malcolm Delaney, the uh, Baltimore native who we coached for years. See if um, see if we can't correct that, get that fixed, and find Seth Greenberg here in just a second. Here, while we do that, let me tell you what it is that I know. All I can tell you, I know that as reported being mutual, that is as close to true as could possibly be described. That that's that's normally when you hear there's something like mutual, it's not really mutual. In this case, it is 100% accurate. All of the reporting, I've talked to multiple sources since that, it was 100% mutual. Let's talk more about it with Seth Greenberg, who's back with us here on GCR. Coach, sorry about that. Good to have you back. And anytime you start talking about our guy, Malcolm Delaney, I want to listen. Yeah, Delaney, right now he's in mourning because the Ravens lost. I mean, he, right. you know, as we know, Malcolm thinks Baltimore is a state, not a city. And, like, he lives and dies, even though he's overseas, he lives and dies with the Ravens. And he absolutely loves the Ravens. You know, he was one time a high school quarterback and a really good one. He was a great player for me, but he was he loves the Ravens. So I know there's a lot of mourning going on. In yeah, not okay when the Ravens lose to the Steelers. It becomes quite, no matter what the circumstances are, not okay in our town. Um, l- let's talk about the How surprised were you, Seth, by, by not just this happening, but the timing of it, this being something that would occur before a team had even played a, a conference game? Just what was, what was your level of reaction and shock when you saw this news on Friday? Yeah, I was shocked because, I mean, think about it, guys. 80 and, 82 and 50 in Big Ten play, all right? So that's better. That's the third best as a head coach, third best record over the time he's been there in the league. He's won a Big Ten championship. He went to a Sweet 16. Uh, the COVID year, he would have been to the NCAA tournament six out of seven years. I understand this is Maryland and it's not good enough, but remember now, when he took over for Gary, and no one's a bigger Gary Williams fan than I was, all right, the, you know, the, the Maryland faithful wanted Gary out. 
All right, uh, you know, I, I coached in a game where they had we love our coach pins. Shotty put, you know, made them, and it was a big event. And I knew, oh, man, we're in trouble tonight because I mean, the, you know, the whole community is going to be playing for Gary, which they should be. I mean, amazing what he was able to do. But uh, the timing was was odd. Uh, you know, I, I just I, I think that for some reason that Mark Turgeon, whether it's the expectation of Maryland, like the other teams in the Big Ten are trying to win, the other teams around the country are trying to win. Maryland's not Kentucky. I hate to tell you this. Maryland's, you know, Indiana has a pretty good tradition. Yeah. All right. And, uh, you know, and the success Mark had was far superior to, you know, Archie Miller, the success he had, or even Tom Green and the, and, and the, the, the success he had. So uh, the timing of it, I think that the, uh, the, a lot of things come into play. And, and I, I'll just bring it to, to a human side. Like, you know, it, was the relationship with his athletic director perfect? Probably not. Yep. Probably not. I mean, you know, if you're not winning at the level your AD wants you to win, your relationship isn't going to be perfect. That's just the way it is because, you know, ADs have to answer the boosters and boosters can wear ADs down instead of being independent and really just saying, let me look at this through this prism of where we're at. So that's number one. Number two is you've got to, if you read Mark's statement, you know, he took, you know, look, what's best interest to the program, what's best interest to the players, because if, if it's continually, if he's just continually getting beat up, is that good for the program? No. Is that good for the players in the program? Certainly not. But the last thing he said is his family. You see, because these ignorant students that really have nothing invested in Maryland basketball except that they get a, they get a ticket. They haven't been there and seen the success. They haven't seen how hard they've worked. You notice the, the comments from the managers and the players. They're all pretty positive. But, you know, as a, as a family member, as a son, as a daughter, as a wife, you're sitting there and you're hearing – all these mean-spirited things being screamed on your home court at your husband. You know what? I think that Mark Turgeon said, looked in the mirror and said, Coach, look, I, I get paid a lot of money, and, I, and I've had pretty good uh, amount of success. But is it worth putting my family through this? And I went through it. You know what I mean? Like when I got let go of tech, I mean, it's, it's hard on your family. Sure. And I think that uh, you know, he made probably a decision based on one uh, the lack of maybe great communication or connection with his AD. I mean, they still don't have a practice facility. The only, I think, power five school in the country that doesn't have a practice it is, facility. It is. It, They're it, talking. Yeah, and and and, and it's and it's indefinitely paused at this point, right? And I and I, I think that's a major yeah. story that you bring up, Seth. It, it is still. Yeah. We'll get back to where Maryland is a program in a second, but you're not wrong about that. Like they don't have a practice facility. There were plans and. That's 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 not a thing at the moment. It's essentially dead. Well, right that, now. that that's a thing if you want to say like, like, like here's the investment. Your investment's got to equal your expectation. So if your investment equals your expectation, you you make sure you get a practice facility built because everyone you're recruiting against has a practice facility. Yep. So that that that's number one. And, you know, look, did Mark swing and miss? I mean, Fats Russell and Kudis. I mean, I've never been a Fats Russell fan. I look, he's, I'm sure he's a great kid, plays hard, uh, but you know. It's hard when you haven't won. I mean, is he a winning player? But Mark Turgeon did a really good job. So, did he do a great job? No. Very few guys do a great job, especially in the eyes of fans. Very few guys do a great job. But did he do a really good job? He won a Big Ten Conference Championship. The year that the COVID hit, all right, they were a really good basketball team. All right? He recruited guys. He graduated guys. Guys played hard. Uh, and then we have all these geniuses that think, well, guys don't develop. Kevin Hurd developed pretty good. You know, Mo Tribble had a pretty good good career. Anthony Cowan wasn't a pro, but he had a great career because he got better and he understood. I mean, 
Here's, here's the problem with the team this year. Dr. Scott is a five. When you put him at four, he's guardable. Hmm. That's, you know, that's just the way it is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Eric Gale has struggled shooting the basketball. Big time. So Big time. It's unfair. It's disappointing. Uh, I hate it for Mark because I think he's a very good coach. I hate it for the players because unrest in the middle of the season. I, even for Danny. I mean, you know, Mark Turgeon and Danny are very, very close. And yep. They were teammates and shared an amazing experience. I mean, Danny's in a no-win situation. So it's unfortunate. Uh, life moves on to a lot more bigger, bigger things to worry about, you know, in the world, we're still battling a virus. We're still, you know, people are still dying. Uh, look, I lost one of my players at Long Beach State, passed away last night. Well, I'm sorry to hear Had that, Had a Coach. kidney Jeez. transplant, and Jeez. it didn't take. And you know what? I, I feel for everyone involved, but I feel more for yeah. Brian Camper yep. and his children yep. than I do for anyone else right now. And, and that is and that is a much-needed context, and, and we got to keep everything in perspective. Coach, let me ask it this way, right? Um and, and I don't, I don't dislike Mark Turgeon in any way, right? I, he was always, you know, he made time for us, and you know, I, to your point, he never embarrassed this program, and they did. They won, you know, they were regular in the NCAA tournament. That's hard to do, and and it, he didn't get fired, right? Like this really was everybody I've talked to. This truly was a mutual, you know, decision that was made by both sides. But to that point, there was a side of it that Maryland was happy to have Mark Turgeon move on, and I think that it, is it. Is it unfair for Maryland to say, look, what you've done, you're right. You know, all those things are good, but we think that Maryland basketball should be better than that. Is that unfair from the school's perspective to say we want to have a higher standard than that here? No, it's not. It's not. But if you're going to have a higher standard, then you know what? Investment equals your expectation. Give them the resources to have that higher expectation. And, Pretty and, simple. Yeah, yep. you know, Maryland has a, good, has a good tradition, all right? You know, like, here's the thing. Coach Drizel is one of my mentors. I, no one loves Coach Drizel more than I do. Sure. All right? Couldn't beat NC State. Yep. Couldn't go to tournament. One of the greatest recruiting classes in the history of the school. Did an amazing, amazing job. Who would, you know, again, on the anniversary of, obviously, Len Bias' passing a couple, a while ago, I mean, who would have, you know, thought what, what could have happened, you know, with, with Len Bias and, and the success he had? But yeah, they can have surely. I mean, but I mean, is that is that real? In 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 its greatest of days, Gary uh, Gary went to back to back Final Fours, correct? Yes, yes. One, one correct. National championship. Yep. All right. Two years later, they were ready to run them out. Um, True or false? I mean, it was a little bit because they won the 2004 ACC title, so that certainly bought them some goodwill. But yeah, it wasn't long after that that there was a it it and and, and you know some of that is there. It was a vocal minority, right? Like for the yeah, most part, well, Gary, I mean, mo- most minorities are vocal, right? But, but Gary Williams was still largely In beloved terms of when it comes to fan, when right? It comes to fandom, right? But yeah, it, it, it wasn't as loud as this was. But yes, th- those people existed. There's no doubt about. It. There were definitely people that were ready to uh, run uh, Gary Williams out of town. In the same way, there are people I know. That the you know Virginia Tech basketball stunk until you showed up, and there were people that wanted to run you out of town. Like I, 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 I yeah, get we the third winningest program. I'm, in the ACC I'm, in I'm, years. I'm very, I'm very aware. And like, and those people will always exist, right? Like, and 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 I don't, I don't think you allow those people to run your program for sure. And and I am struggling with this because I do think that what you bring up is is relevant in this context. Uh, I think there are a lot of people that believe that Maryland should just be able to go get whatever coach they want and that they have an inherent right to be a top 10, top 15 program every year and always competing for the final four. And I'm just not think I don't not it's not just that I'm not certain that's true. I don't really know what the evidence of that uh, is. I I think that's based on the idea that there's a lot of talent. Get? Let me ask you this. Yeah. All right, you guys you guys covered who you got? 
Um, well, I mean, I don't think... I, did, did look, get Kim English should yeah. beat Merrill and then lost his next four games. Yeah, correct. Hasn't won a game since. And I love Kim. And I, and I, I, love Kim I think he's going uh, to be, gonna be a hell of a coach. Rick Barnes in Colorado, but, yep. I mean, who, who are you going to hire Sean Miller? Well, I think Maryland fans think they can go get Nate Oates, and I think they're drunk. I think that they're insane if they think they can go get Nate Oates to be their next basketball coach. But thats I sort of want to give that to you. If, do you get Bruce Pearl, Nate Oates? I don't know. Let me ask you I'm, Let me ask it this way, Seth. You're Nate Oates. You're, you're right now the darling of college basketball. You're doing a damn good job at a program that you're not supposed to be able to do a damn good job at. You just beat Gonzaga the other night. You are going to be in line for whatever job you want if you're convinced that you can't do it at Alabama. And by the way, I think a lot of people thought that Baylor couldn't do it. That couldn't be a basketball school. But hell, they just won a national championship. So either you think that you're turning Alabama into a place where you can win a national championship, or you get whatever job you want. Are you cashing all of those chips in to take a job at Maryland, even if they put a bunch of money in front of you? Well, you don't think Alabama can put a bunch of money in front of it? I agree. I agree. <laughs> there's, a thing, there's a thing called Alabama football. That generates a whole an SEC network. That generates yeah. a whole lot more money than, than Maryland football generates. Correct. Now, now you could sell, but we're a basketball school. And I'm, and I make the football coach very happy. But, uh, look, Dato has an incredible recruiting class coming in. He's got a system in place. Could he, could he win? He's a Michigan guy. You know, would, would the Big Ten be attractive to him? I don't know. And I'll, I'll tell you one thing. I mean, the, the move to the big time, obviously, financially has been great. I, I think it is, it is a horrendous fit for the geographic footprint of Maryland in a big picture in terms of overall recruiting success. Okay. I mean, I don't, I don't now know. That, what, 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 right. Now, what's a positive for Maryland is with NIL. All right, Maryland, all right, these boosters want to, you know, yep. want to compete for a Final Four national championship. Pony up. Yep. Pony up because you got an opportunity to go get whoever you want. Right yeah, make now, it make it clear. Any, any legalized cheating. Pony yeah, up. Any any prospect that comes here is going to have the opportunity to make a little bit more money than if they go somewhere else. I you're 100 percent right. That that should exist in a market like I don't, this. I don't know. That's not a guarantee. I mean, no, no. They potentially. I mean, right. Like you think you, right. you, th- you think you think the, the the NIL opportunities in Kentucky or Maryland are better. You think the app? Op- oh, the yeah, right, sure. Nothing. Kentucky basketball at, at, at Kansas, right? Or Duke Maryland, and North Carolina, one hundred percent, right? Like it. Yeah, I the, mean, they're brands. They are just brands that exist beyond anything. But in the context that those places have coaches right now, right? And I, I, I get why Maryland fans say, "Hey, call Nate Oates, find out." Well, yeah, absolutely, call Nate. Call, of course, call Nate Oates. Like, who? You'd be crazy not to call Nate Oates and see if he's interested. I just, if I'm Nate Oates. I'm not looking at Maryland and saying this is such a surefire thing that if I just go there, I can win national championships. Of course I'm going there. To your point, Seth, why am I leaving the job that I have knowing I can get whatever job I want in the country for a place that doesn't even have a basketball practice facility right now? Why would I, Nate Oates, be taking that job? Here's 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 a positive. Right now, SEC is recruiting at a higher level than the ACC. The ACC, this is the worst it's been in I don't know how long. All right, so you can beat some of those ACC schools for prospects, even though you're in the Big Ten. Does that make sense? Like, okay. Because you're basically, if you're Maryland, you're recruiting against the ACC. Right. Does that make sense? Because that's your geographic footprint. So with the ACC being down, can you now kind of reemerge as a, a force in Maryland, Virginia, even go up to North Carolina, even though you're not in the league anymore, right? Even though you're not in the league anymore. Because the ACC is a little bit down, can you capitalize on recruiting that corridor a little bit more successfully? 
Does that make any sense to you? Well, and, and, and Seth, I think that comes to the question that some people would ask, which is, is it critical that Maryland's hire be someone who knows the area better and already has? You brought up Kim English, and look, his name's going to come up. I, I, I think it's tough to hire anyone to a, a, a job like this off of one um, one season the Atlantic 10 as a head coach. I think that's a tough I, – I, I don't know who's made that jump before. Somebody would have to point out that to me and, and explain one year as an A-10 coach and one that might not go um, as well as people thought when they beat Maryland. I, I think that's a tough thing to do. But is it important that it be someone who understands this area better and who already has a relationship with, say, DeMatha at this point? It's, yeah, I mean, look, I mean, Mike, Mike Jones, Mike Jones went to you know Virginia Tech. You know, I mean, uh, you know, so uh, you know that's that's a factor also in terms of the math. But you're not just winning with the math of players. You know what I mean? You've got you've got to be able to recruit the Northeastern Seaboard. Yep. I mean, I mean, I mean, you know, I mean that's just that's just the way it is. It's not just one school. And you got to be able to go to D.C. Now, look, is D.C. available now? Because, you know, let's face it, Georgetown is struggling. Virginia is not going to recruit a ton of kids down that way. Virginia Tech is. Uh, and Virginia Tech has had success in that geographic footprint. You, you know, you got to be able to recruit your geographic footprint. I mean, that's just it's the most important thing in recruiting. The Big Ten has hurt that a little bit just because those, you know, those parents – didn't grow up with the Big Ten. What did, what, in the Northeastern, you know, geographic footprint, what did those right. grow up with? Right. Big the East the, the Big East and the ACC, yeah, 100%. 100%. Seth, but it, before I let you go, is there, is there someone who, when you saw this opening become available, you said to yourself, you know who I think would be perfect there? That it, did you have a name that jumped out at you at all as ideal next Maryland basketball coach? Well, if you want to go the anti anti Mark Turgeon perception because perception is not reality; it's just perception. You go hire Bruce Pearl. Okay, certainly would there would he would fire up a fan base. There's no you, doubt. I don't know if you can, but right. I mean, you know, you go and hire, you know, Bruce Pearl, Boston College grad. Uh, you know, uh, obviously, he's been in the South, but has you know, you know, comes in with a dog and pony show. Is a terrific, terrific coach. Plays a fast style of basketball. He's a very good evaluator of talent. Uh, you know, he would be a guy that just off the, you know, again, just flat off the top of my head. Yep. And you think, you know, who do you go get? I mean, he's he's a guy that you know makes makes to some extent some some sense. Mm-hmm. But you know, Bruce Brown, And here's the thing: what is what is Maryland willing to pay? I I have been told that they think they've got. I'm going to talk about this in a second. I think that they believe they've got a little bit more money than I think people think that they do because of Kevin Plank. And I know that's not been the case in recent years, but I'll talk more about that in a second. I have been well, told. Pearls are at an Under Armour school now. Would Kevin right? Plank rather have. But Kevin Plank's not involved with Under Armour in the same manner he was before. Uh, right? Correct. It's more about the money at this point. He sold some shares. He's got a he's got a little bit more cash, maybe that personally he could be invested with. That's. I'm going to talk to you guys about that. That are listening in a second. That's some information that I was given. But they they go to the same people so many but so many times. Yep. Oh, I know. I know. I know. But I, Bruce Pearl's a great point because you're right. He's going to come in here. He's going to rip his shirt off. He's going to do everything that he can do to sell this program and to fire people up the moment that he arrived in in College Park. 
And in that way, you're right. It would be a little bit of an anti-Mark Turgeon. Um, Seth, wh- what, what's the schedule like for you? What, where are we seeing you this week? I'm my way to uh, Madison Square Garden in New York today to uh, see the Jimmy V, which will be, uh, you know, really good, actually, doubleheader. You know, obviously you've got Texas Tech and Tennessee and then uh, an old Big East rivalry in Villanova and Syracuse. Uh, so that'll be good. And this weekend, Kentucky Notre Dame, which my man Alfonso Ellis, his name is going into the Ring of Honor. At oh, that's, cool. Dame, so, that's cool. That's uh, cool. You know, that'll be, uh, I'll be in the studio for that and, and this weekend. So we just grind away in the studio. Uh, great games. Look, how's basketball? How good is it to have the fans back in the season? Oh, it's been a, it's been, how, good, uh, how good is it to have, like, if you think about, you know, you know UCLA, Gonzaga. Gonzaga is invincible. Then we watch Purdue. Wait a second here. Then we watch, obviously, Alabama. Duke put it to Gonzaga. And then we see Alabama, a team that lost to Iona. All right? Put it to Gonzaga. So, I like, we're in for an incredible incredible year of college basketball at seth on hoops is how you follow him on twitter seth greenberg really appreciate you squeezing us in this morning sir thanks so much for doing it let's talk again soon right, have it a- be safe yep you too seth greenberg checking in with us here on gcr as we wind down hour number one hey we're gonna be at the bowman tomorrow night for the tyus bowser show We'll be there on Harford Road in Parkville. It's brought to you by PressBox Grade 8's memorabilia, as well as Window Depot Baltimore, windowdepotbaltimore.com, Duffy's Garage in Baldwin, duffysgaragemd.com, and the NFL chick Sarita Hubbard joins us courtesy of my bookie. Tomorrow night, Tyus and his special guest, we will see you at the Bowman on Harford Road in Parkville for the Tyus Bowser Show. Let me spend a minute here um, just, just sort of dovetailing out of that, telling you what I know, telling you, as I said, Mutual. Everything about this mutual. Very much a, there has been a rift between um, Mark Turgeon and Damon Evans. I don't think that's been hidden. I think a lot of people saw some of the reporting in the spring, particularly some of the reporting that Jeff Ehrman did at InsideMDSports.com, and you could understand that. Now, somebody might think, well, once you agree to a new deal, shouldn't that put some of that to bed? There are problems that run deeper than that, right? Mark Turgeon was not particularly vocal in terms of, of Damon Evans' athletic director candidacy a couple years ago, and I don't know that, again, according to multiple sources, that that ever was repaired between those two individuals. Um, now, that alone does not mean that Damon Evans, th- this notion that anybody individually gets to make these decisions at a place like the University of Maryland is nuts. Like, that's nuts. You have so many people that you have to answer to. You don't get to alone individually walk into a room and say, I don't like this person, they're gone. It doesn't work that way. But combining it with an overall malaise that surrounded this program, the, yeah, good but not good enough, and then obviously a terrible start to the season, and there were more people that were willing to swing to this side. And Mark Turgeon felt as though he did not have support, again, from multiple sources that I spoke to. He didn't have the support of the administration. And if you don't have the support of the administration and you don't have the support of the fan base, then what do you got? It's one thing when Gary Williams and Debbie Yao were fighting, right, and, like, didn't get along, but Gary Williams knew everybody else in town loved him. So why did he care if the athletic director, she wasn't going to win out over everyone else? Well, if Mark Turgeon doesn't feel the support from... The administration doesn't feel the support from the fan base, then what are we doing? Is it odd still that you would do it this way? 
yeah, it's odd. Is it odd that Maryland would choose to – if Mark Turgeon was ready to be done, is it odd that Maryland would choose to pay him his buyout in order to be done? Yeah, that's a little bit odd. Like, why wouldn't they have just said to him, Mark, if you want to quit, quit. We're not paying you money to go away. Well, the answer might be he would have forced their hand and said, nah, I want your money. The money's most important, so I'm just going to stick it out and everybody's going to be miserable. I guess that's possible, but given where it appeared to be, I, I, I don't get that. I don't get why they wouldn't have just said, Mark – if, if you're done, if you don't want to be here any longer, just don't be here any longer. The idea that you're just paying somebody $5 million of buyout to go away, I, that'll never make all the sense in the world to me if that person's really just done, but I get it. it in their mind, it's let's just, make, let's just get this over with. Let's just get this over with. If it's $5 million that makes us get it over with, we'll get it over with. Is it a bit embarrassing that you couldn't have figured that out at the end of last season? Yeah, that's a bit embarrassing, but there's nothing you can do about that at this point. As far as where they are moving forward, again, multiple sources have told me that they believe they've got the money to go make a hire, or that at least Damon Evans is operating that way, that he believes he's got the money to really hire someone and understands this now will be what his tenure as athletic director will be judged by, period, will be by this basketball hire. Kevin Anderson was mostly disliked. There are there are other reasons, but lo- most largely judged for being the guy that fired Ralph Regan in order to hire Randy Edsel. And there was kind of no coming back for that. Damon Evans didn't fire Mark Turgeon, but he's the guy that's going to hire the basketball coach. And whether it's long-term at Maryland or whatever other job he might want to have in the future, his ability as an athletic director will be defined by whatever the next coach does. His hire. So he, again, according to the multiple sources that I spoke to, he knows that. He believes he's got the ability to, that this is not going to be, we have a certain amount of money, we have to go get whatever coach we can get for that amount of money. That they'll have the ability to go try to get the guy that they want and that the money will come. And specifically, I have been told again by multiple people, and I haven't spoken to Kevin Plank. He doesn't take my phone calls, believe it or not. It's really weird how that... I, in fact, I, if I'm being honest with you, it got to a point where a long time ago I stopped trying to call Kevin Plank just because I, I never got a response. Maybe I should. Um, but multiple people have told me that there is a belief that Kevin Plank has a little bit more actual cash on hand because he sold more shares. Um and that, on a personal level, is more inclined to try to make this work. That his association with Maryland, and athletically, has not given him a ton of bang for the buck over the years, and that he's willing to try to help that this time around. Now, I don't, I, again, Kevin Plank didn't tell me that. I want to make that abundantly clear. Multiple sources directly involved with Maryland Athletics told me that. So, they could just be more hopeful. It is certainly possible. They're more hopeful than practical, but I, I trust the people that I spoke to. Now, what does that mean? Now let's get back to the land of the real. The thing about Nate Oates, you call, call Nate Oates. 1,000, why would, Nate Oates is the guy. It, it's like how everybody called Mark Few for years. You, of course, call Nate Oates. He's the guy that you look at and you say, he's at a non-traditional basketball school, having overwhelming basketball success, Maybe he'd like to be at a basketball school. Call him. 
here's the dirty kind of little secret. Do we know that Maryland's a basketball school? This is the thing that I've tried to talk to you guys about ad nauseum. Nationally, the perception of Maryland is, yeah, they should be better. But is that an inherent birthright to be a top 15, top 20 program? Every year to always be competing for Final Fours? Where's that coming from? They've made two ever. Ever. In their history. In what world does that make you a place that has an inherent right to be a year-in, year-out contender? I think we've been unwilling to consider the greatness of the X's and O's coach that Gary Williams was. It might very well be more that Maryland's success was related to Lefty Drizel, the recruiter, and Gary Williams, the head coach, than it was the inherent nature that Maryland should be a power. Lefty Drizel was the first to say that Maryland should be a power and started the ball rolling, but never saw it through. Admittedly, as plenty of people would point out, at a different time when it was harder for teams to get into the NCAA tournament, where you could be the second best team in the country and miss the NCAA tournament because only one team could get in per per conference. So he starts the ball rolling. Gary Williams delivers on the promise. As a great X's and O's coach, gets Maryland to a Final Four, gets them to two Final Fours, wins a national championship. And then once that occurs, there's this belief that suddenly that's what Maryland is supposed to be. When the truth is, all of the history of Maryland basketball says that's not what they are. I I want Maryland to succeed as much as anybody does. Maryland basketball was one of my first loves as a sports fan. I was obsessed with Joe Smith. Obsessed. He and I have talked about it. I owned multiple jerseys. The first, I, I didn't own, it's, uh, my mom made me a Mike Devereaux jersey when I was a child. Devereaux, and I've talked about that a lot. Um, and I had a Brady Anderson jersey too. I remember, I remember in elementary school, those being the two Orioles jerseys I had. I don't remember if I had them before I had a Maryland basketball jersey or not because I, I think time-wise it might work out that they were like a, a year or two before. But then I had a lot of every – I had a Terrence Morris jersey. I had Maryland basketball jerseys all the time. Keith Booth, 1,000%. That's all I wanted for Christmas every year was a Maryland basketball. I love Maryland basketball in my, in, in my core, whatever I'm capable of being now as a sports fan because I'm not clearly the, the fan that I once was. But in my in – my, being in my essence, I love Maryland basketball. But being practical, being an analyst, doing what I do for a living, I think the bulk of you have an inflated sense of what Maryland basketball is supposed to be, which is not for me saying it's not a defense of Mark Turgeon either. I get this on both sides. I never thought Mark Turgeon made sense here after I met him, after I had conversations with him. After I saw his sort of folksy Midwest thing, I never thought that this this was the right place for him. If I'm being honest, I don't think he was enough of an a-hole for it to work here. You have to be a certain amount of a-hole to succeed in places like this. And he was way more of an all shucks type of guy which is a good thing for somebody to be. I'm not trying to to knock that. 
So I, I, I'm not defending Mark Turgeon or saying that he did enough that he should have been here for another 10 years. I'm saying that realistically, I don't see it. If you're Nate Oates, I know we got to get a break. I know we're behind. I promise you I know. Um, if you're Nate Oates, I don't see it. In any world, I don't see it. I don't think there's any chance at all that if you're someone who has a good job and the belief that you continue to do that good job for some time, that you want to cash that in to go to Maryland. There's no practice facility. In what world is Maryland a power? What is the evidence of that? Which doesn't mean you can't find the right coach. Which doesn't mean they can't become one. Get the right guy and take a step forward. But the notion that this is like North Carolina is dumb. You're North Carolina. You can hire whoever you want. They didn't, by the way. They chose to just hire internally. But if you're North Carolina and you want to hire Nate Oates, Nate Oates leaves Alabama for North Carolina tomorrow. For Maryland? We've lost our minds thinking that that's where Maryland is. Because we want it to be that. It ain't that. We got the evidence. So find a coach that's the right fit. Who that is, I don't know. And the thought, by the way, I also don't have a thought process. I know that there are definitely people who are powerful that believe it needs to be a young coach, a Kim English type. A young coach connected to the area, plugged in, going to recruit, going doing the work. There are also people whose opinions are more along the lines of, no, it needs to be somebody who can make an immediate impact, even if that's somebody who's well into their 60s, the John B lines of the world, Bruce Pearl's not well into his 60s. I think he's 61. Rick Pitino, just bring him in for a couple of years. Stabilize the program and then hire your coach. And I don't know which one of those is more likely to win out at this point. The only thing I can tell you is that there, there is a stronger opinion that it should be a younger coach that I've heard from the people that are most powerful. But they're not dismissing anything in that I've run by them. We got to be honest about this. We got to stop living in this fantasy land where Maryland is some, it's Lefty Drizel. This is a sleeping giant. There is not the evidence of that. There is reason to think they could be, but that's not practical in terms of what they'll actually do. Today's show, also brought to you by the Press Box Fantasy Football Show. Do it every Thursday morning at 11.30 a.m. It is brought to you by CCBC, as well as Glory Days Grill in the Maryland Department of Transportation, the Press Box Fantasy Football Show, every Thursday morning with Ken Zalis. We'll see you this Thursday, 11.30 a.m., uh, facebook.com slash pressboxsports, pressboxonline.com slash radio. We still need to um, go over our picks, and we need to dish out some slaps to the helmet. That's on the way. It's GCR. Hey, it's Glenn Clark for Window Nation. Cold weather has arrived, and that means one thing, higher energy bills. But the good news is that Window Nation is here to help. For a limited time, get 50% off all style windows, bays, bows, double hung, and sliders, plus a house of windows for only $99 a month. Rising natural gas prices are affecting everyone, but new Window Nation windows can help. Get 50% off any style window and a house of windows for only only $99 a month. Call Window Nation today at 866-90NATION or go online at windownation.com. That's December only. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you. That first sip. That first bite. 
Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Duffy's Garage is a family-owned and operated car care facility in beautiful Baldwin, Maryland. An authorized Maryland inspection station and Napa Pro Care Center with ASE certified techs. Tell them that Glenn Clark sent you and receive 10% off your service with a max discount of $150. You gotta trust where you take your car, so take it to where I take mine. Duffy's Garage in Baldwin. Duffy'sGarageMD.com I love driving my tractor trailer, and just like you, I just want to make it to my destination safely. If you drive too closely to my truck, I can't see you, and you can't see what's in front of me. If I have to brake suddenly, our lives can be changed forever. If a truck stops quickly, can you? Don't tailgate trucks. Brought to you by the Maryland Department of Transportation State Highway Administration. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Mike Ashley dives in on 20 seasons for Brenda Freeze as the head coach of the Maryland women's basketball team as she looks back but also looks forward. Plus, we introduce you to men's and women's college basketball players from every D1 program in the area. And the very first Baltimore interview with Elijah Green, the son of former Raven Eric Green, who could well be the Orioles' pick with the number one spot in next year's MLB draft. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. You've got questions. They've got answers. Sure, I mean, we'll go with that. It's Glenn and Paul on Glenn Clark Radio. All right, back in here on GCR. It is a Monday edition of the program after a Ravens loss in Pittsburgh. Today's show is also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy Football. If um, you know you're trying to cure your blues after a defeat, then maybe go play um, a parlay tonight on the Monday night game between Buffalo and New England, and win some money with Underdog Fantasy Football. They've got player props, parlays. It feels like you're betting, which you know you still can't do in the state of Maryland. And even when we, by the way, we think that might be changing quickly. And even when you, it does, it'll only be at brick and mortar, so you won't be able to do it on your phone. You can play Underdog right on your phone legally. It's that simple. Download the Underdog app. We can go to underdogfantasy.com, deposit up to $100, and when you use the code PRESSBOX, we will match it with free money for you to play with. Underdog Fantasy Football. Ron is in Owings Mills. Ron, good morning, my friend. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? Uh, you know, I don't know if I would say I'm doing good, but uh, all things, it, it, as far as things that actually matter, I'm doing fine, Ron. I, and I, I know you're That's a new good. father, so you've got that perspective, too. Exactly, exactly. No, nah, it's... Uh... I hear you, man. I mean, yeah, that was rough. Um, I mean, I I kind of want to – I'll get to the – I'll say this about the Ravens, and then I want to get your take on Maryland. Just with the Ravens, here's my take on the last play. So early in the season, we went for it because we didn't want to give Patrick Mahomes the ball back because yep. you were losing that game. Yep. In this scenario – and first of all, that was a fourth and inches. Correct me if I'm wrong. In the KC game, was that fourth and inches? Uh, it was fourth and one, I think, yeah. Fourth and one, Okay. Okay, this, a two-point conversion, I don't know the numbers on runs versus passes on two-point conversions. Most likely, you're going to throw the ball when you do a two-point conversion. Correct. Is that fair? Correct. Okay. 
Um, where, where did they spot the ball? The two? Uh, they spotted at the three, right, on a two-point conversion. The three. Yep. Okay. So we're talking about you have to convert three yards. So there is a difference. And my only thing is, in Casey, I knew we would lose if we gave the ball. I don't know. I get the corner argument. I think that I understand it. But in overtime, don't both teams get the ball? Well, I mean, as long as the first team doesn't score a touchdown. I mean, like, there, there is the right. possibility. The way that your defense was just gashed, there's certainly a possibility that the Steelers win the toss and just go down and gash them again and score a touchdown and the game's over. Okay. Well, I, what we could have won the toss. Yeah, I mean, 100%. Look, I, th- this is – Ron, the only issue that I had, I, 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 and the moment said no, but the reason I said it wasn't about overtime. It was only thinking about the fact that the play could be blown up in the backfield the way that we have seen. You're you're now putting every you're putting all of your chips on one play when you have struggled to keep them out of the backfield and disrupting the play. And I wasn't I wasn't going to let the game come down to one play where it could be blown up in the backfield, but. That being said, I also get it. I really do get it that yeah. it's essentially a 50-50, and at that point in the game, I don't know that you felt like you had a better than 50% chance of winning the game in overtime. You're on the road. You're in a tough environment. Your defense is gassed. Um, okay. You know, I don't know that at that moment, if somebody said, what is the percentage chance the Ravens win this game in overtime, I probably would have said something like, eh, 40-45%. And so if they said, we think the odds of a 50-50 are better than the odds of a 40-60, mathematically, they're right. Um, so I, I, I am with you in that I wouldn't have done it, but I am not – there's no amount of criticism that I have to offer for it. I yeah, it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, no, I'm like, I wouldn't have done it, but I also – I'm not like – my level of criticism is not that much because I get it. That's where I'm at. Like, I wouldn't have done it again. I wouldn't have done it. I would have went to overtime, played it out. We may have still lost. But I understand it. Right. Like, I, under, I understand it. That's where I'm at, too. But I'll just say this. Lamar throwing, I prefer him running to win than throwing. But I also understand on two-point conversions, it's hard to do a run play. But I, anytime you have Lamar put the ball in his hands, he has to make the throw, and he didn't make the throw. Period. No, that's that's the bottom line. I don't disagree with He's that. He's got to make a better throw. He's got to make a better throw. Yep, 100%. So, um... The defense got what they wanted. That's fine. Uh, I want to get to Maryland because, look, some people were surprised. I was surprised at the timing of it from the standpoint of it midseason, but we're all not surprised. We all know what what the deal is. Has it been awful? No, but it needed to be changed. My my whole thing is, um, and uh, Turgeon will get another gig. He'll be fine. He's going to get another gig. He got a good buyout. He, he'll if he wants, job if that's if he what wants he wants, it. if if he wants, he, there will be someone that will hire him. Yes, one hundred percent. Yeah, he'll be fine. Yep. So, here's my thing: How long do you think Damon Evans is going to be the AD at Maryland? I think that'll be determined by how he does with this hire. Okay. So, I think. Would you say that there's a this hire is everything for Damon Evans? Correct. I, uh, to some extent, yes. This will be how okay. – we just talked about this a second ago, Ron. This will be how he's judged, how, how he as an athletic director is judged. It will be based on this hire. So my whole thing is this. I don't – you don't need to necessarily – I'm not saying that – like I know some people are saying go young, a lot of energy. I'm all for a lot of energy. I don't necessarily think it has to be that you get a guy that you want to be here for the next 10 to 15 years. That's always ideal in any hire. But you look at college basketball, I mean – I mean, you could get it. I like Rick Pitino a lot, 
I understand this baggage there, Glenn. I understand the scandal. I understand banners came down. Although I think he's fine now, and his his reputation is kind of a little it, it's improved. I'm not saying it's great, but he's doing well in Iona. They already upset Alabama. I think you still should kick the tires to see if he has any interest. I know he's old, but I think do it for three to five years and see where your program is at. I think he'd get it turned around quick. I, I like Nate Oates. I mean, would he leave Alabama? I don't think there's I don't a chance. Know. I don't think there's a chance in hell, Ron. I don't yeah. think. I, I think he would leave Alabama, but I don't think he'd leave Alabama for Maryland. It's... Plus, Alabama, I think, would match anything we do anyway. I think they they would keep him. But um, uh, is there any guy, guy you like? Um, that I like. Look, I it's really interesting because Seth Greenberg just threw out Bruce Pearl, and I think he fits your Rick Pitino argument, which is somebody with energy that is not young would not be here for a long time but could maybe restabilize a program and then leave you in a better place for when you do make a hire? Um, sure. So, um, Where's he now? He's at Tennessee still, right? Okay. Oh, no, he's at Auburn. Sorry, yeah. that's what I meant to say. Auburn, Auburn, not Tennessee. Auburn. Jesus, my brain. Yeah, yeah he's at Auburn. Um, yeah. Just made a Final Four a couple years ago. I, I, I like Bruce Pearl, and I think that's the, the if you're going to go that route, as far as young coaches go – I, being as honest as I can about this, I do not feel more strongly about one young coach than I do another. Of course, everybody would love to have Nate Oates as their coach, but I just think it's it's insane. I think it's pie in the sky. I think it's right. I think it's 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 borderline bat s. I think Kevin Willard is a very practical hire that wouldn't fire a lot of people up because you'd look at him and say, "Geez, he's not even as accomplished as as um, Mark Turgeon was when they hired him. Yeah. He's been to one Sweet I- Sixteen. But, I don't think you can do that. I don't see see that. See, I've heard that name like once. Once the Turgeon news came out, you saw all the national reports of the names being thrown out. Like, I don't think you can afford, even if there he is a successful coach. Kevin, I'm not. Kevin Willis has done a nice job. I just don't think you can, based on what's happened here for the last ten years. This name's got to be. It's got to be a, an experienced. I, I know there's no sure thing, but you need. I, I can't have. Uh, that's a gamble. Uh, it's a gamble. I don't disagree with that, but ultimately it just might be what you're capable of doing. I, I know a lot of people have brought up Andy Enfield, who has ties to the area because he was at Johns Hopkins. And, um, you know, I, I like Andy Enfield. I think at the point at which he had just made his run at Florida Gulf Coast, we would have all ju- done jumping jacks over Andy Enfield being the next coach at Maryland. But we don't think he's done a great job at USC. It's a tough place to do a great job, right? Like, he's done a good enough job. But I think that we would all say it's almost impossible. I'm still, you know, I'm listening on Andy Enfield. Uh-huh. I, I'm frankly, I, I, it's a shame that nobody would talk about it. I, if Ryan, if Ryan Odom continued to have a great season at Utah State, I don't think it's nuts. I just don't think it'll happen. Um, yeah. Because it just wouldn't excite anybody. Nobody, except for the handful of us that gave a crap about UMBC, um, it, nobody right. would be excited by the idea of hiring Ryan Odom. But, you know, don't look now. He's he's doing some nice things at Utah State, which doesn't surprise me because he's a hell of a coach. Would um, Rick Pitino excite you? It wouldn't excite me, but I would get it. I'm not – it's going to be hard yeah. to excite me with a coach at an elevated age. But I would okay. get it, and I would be willing to take the time – you know, I would be willing to, to to give him that opportunity, but it, I mean, he'd have to do it really quickly. Clearly, he's not. I think he can do it quick, man. I think like the recruiting in this area. I think if you if you make that move, and he says I'm coming back to a Power Five conference, given everything he's accomplished, I know he's old, Glenn, but even what he's doing at Iona now is impressive. I, I 
it's hard for me to to like when I look I at you. I like John Beeline. John Beeline's old too. Yep. He's old. Yep. He, he's old, and I like. I mean, he's impressive too. But I, <laughs> I think Rick Pitino, if he wants, if he says to himself, you know what, before I retire, I want give me one more chance at a power conference to do something quick for three to five years. I, I, it's hard for me to to. It, to I, I'm telling to, you, Ron. It wouldn't be my first choice, but I'm not. I wouldn't scream about it either. I would get it. Yeah. I would accept it. I would say I understand what they're doing, and and let's see how it plays out. That's exactly how it right. would go. I mean, and Ron, you could also. I, I I'm I'm with you. I'm listening on all these guys. Yeah. I don't have the right answer here, but I do think I I'm. I, I don't know. You know, I think it was mutual. I mean, I think yep. Mark Turchin had enough. Yep. I, I don't. I don't know what to believe, Glenn, because all the reports—they're all kind of, when you hear sources saying, "Oh, Turchin, the fan base." But who do you think those sources are coming from? Well, it's probably from him. I would say it this way: I think it's pretty clear that it was. In fact, I've done my own reporting, and from multiple people uh-huh. that I've spoken to within the, it is. It was mutual. Mark Turgeon yes. was done. And he didn't feel trust, and the administration was happy to say, "Okay, we'll make the you know we, we ain't gonna right. we ain't gonna stop you. Let's make that abundantly clear. We are happy to make that happen." I one thousand percent think this was a mutual parting, and it's just it's a bad look that they didn't do it at the end of last season to then go but try like, to hire a coach. I don't like right. like it's not fair. Like were some fans harsh? Yes. Maybe was I harsh I at times? Yes. But like it's not eleven. Glenn uh, in I, college basketball, eleven years is an eternity. Right, right, no question. You had 11 years. Like, you can't get mad. Like, I understand fans booing. Like, fans are going to boo. But, like, was it a little harsh? Like, I'm sure you always get the crazy fans that are nuts. Uh, of but, course. like, of course. can you really blame the generalizing the Maryland fan base as being impatient? I don't think that's fair. I don't disagree. It's been with 11 that, years. Ron, I, I don't disagree. I got I to run, but All I right, love man. you. All right. Thanks, man. Ron from Owings Mills checking in. Two thoughts on that. One, the, the guy that was tweeting Mark Turgeon's kid, that's. That's embarrassing for him. He shouldn't be thrown in jail. Like, let's let's calm down with our reaction. He, he put it, you know how many people get tagged in things? He put an at tag in a tweet. Settle down. Let, let's calm down a little bit. That's not somebody we should put in jail. Is it embarrassing? Yes, you're embarrassing. If you're, if you're tweeting Marlon Humphrey's sister about uh, her brother getting injured, you're embarrassing. You're an embarrassing human. The things that people do on Twitter are embarrassing. You don't need to, Jeremy, we'll take a break and then we'll call Jeremy. He, he knows how it works. Um, these are embarrassing things that people do. But they're embarrassing for humans. They're not embarrassing for, like, th- they should be thrown in jail or this is why no one would ever take this job. Everywhere in the country, there are embarrassing humans who tweet and say embarrassing things. And Nate Oates is the only, when Nate Oates lost to Iona earlier this season, he probably got tw- uh, tweeted embarrassing things. His family probably got tweeted embarrassing things. This this woe is me thing. This is it's so unfair. I I I'm not getting on board with that either. It's it's why you get well compensated is because you're gonna have to deal with it. We deal with it in this business, not to that extent. And I'm not justifying it, but it exists. It sucks. I wish it didn't, but there's no place that you're going where it doesn't. It is a problem that we have in this country, not unique to college basketball, not unique to Maryland basketball, not unique to. This type of stuff exists everywhere. That being said, don't do it. If anybody, if you're thinking today about sending John Harbaugh's daughter a message on Instagram about how mad you are about him going for two, reevaluate your life. Get a hold of yourself. Seek help. 
But I don't, I don't think Mark Turgeon was a victim either. Quickly, uh, the picks of the week. It was a huge week for Kyle Ottenheimer. He's back within three games of me at the top of the table because he went seven and two over the course of the week. Um, John Proctor went six and three. I went five and four. Ken Zalis went five and four. The real story from the week: Andrew Stecka somehow went one and eight. He got the Dallas game right on Thursday night and didn't get another game the rest of the weekend. Andrew Stecka went one and eight. And so now Andrew Stecka is sitting at 51 and 71, six games in front of the race for last place at the bottom of the table. We have, if he does end up holding on, we have confirmation that Mrs. Stecka will personally fly with him to Baltimore to be the one to wax his back. This started with him. He said, well, my wife would like to throw it out there. She'd like for me to wax my back or get my back waxed. And we said, all right, well, we'll make that the penalty for the loser. So it might be that Stecka is purposely throwing this at this point so he can get his back waxed. He went one and eight. So he is now sitting at the bottom of the table significantly six games behind is we don't have – it's starting to get late in the season. It's going to be difficult. Um, Kyle's within three games of me, so that will be it. But nobody really cares about the top of the table because it's only about a little bit of cash. It's the bottom of the table that matters. All right, Mobile One, full synthetic motor oil, helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. When we come back in. Jeremy Kahn will join us. That's next, Glenn Clark Radio. What's up, everybody? This is Taz Bowser. I can't wait to see you guys for the Taz Bowser show this fall. We're going to be taking the show on the road all over the area. You can meet me and my very special guests. If you can't make it out, you can watch the show on live on Pressbox Facebook page or listen the next day. Find out more about where we'll be by checking out pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. We'll see you all season long for the Taz Bowser show. The next Taz Bowser show is Tuesday, December 7th at the Bowman on Harford Road in Parkville. It's brought to you by Pressbox Great Eights Memorabilia, as well as Window Depot Baltimore, windowdepotbaltimore.com, Duffy's Garage in Baldwin, duffysgaragemd.com, and the NFL chick Sarita Hubbard joins us courtesy of my bookie. Looking for a simple holiday meal? Try Chick-fil-A Catering. From Chick-fil-A nuggets to mac and cheese, enjoy a variety of tray options sized perfectly for your get-together. Order through the Chick-fil-A app and bring smiles to your family gathering. Availability and order requirements vary. See restaurant for details. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is coming soon to Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Maryland, this is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. 
Window Depot Baltimore provides the highest quality Pro-Via windows, doors, and siding for all budgets. The best is finally affordable. Call them today for a free in-home consultation at 410-941-3499. They also offer Zoom and FaceTime consultations in an effort to practice social distancing. A proud sponsor of the Tyus Bowser Show, you can find out more at windowdepotbaltimore.com. Hey, it's KZ. The Pressbox Fantasy Football Show is back, as always, on Thursdays. You can catch it at 1130. We're brought to you this year, CCBC and Glory Days Grill. You can catch the show two ways, facebook.com slash Sports or pressboxonline.com slash radio. The slash radio is if you want to listen. On Facebook is if you actually want to see my ugly face. We're going to have a lot of fun this year. DFS, daily lineups, keepers, all kinds of fun stuff. Please tune in, Pressbox Fantasy Football Show every Thursday, 11.30 a.m. If you miss anything, don't forget that you can find whole shows later on Spotify, Apple, or Amazon Podcast. It's Glenn Clark Radio. All right, back in here on GCR. We continue on a Monday after a Ravens loss. Today's show also brought to you by our friends. Uh, you know, actually, this one's going to be brought to you by the Pressbox print issue. This is really, you're coming down to it like the last 10 days for you to get this print issue of Pressbox. On the cover, Brenda Freeze. Go get it right now at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find Pressbox or read it all, pressboxonline.com. What's going on, Jeremy Khan? How are you, my friends? I'm trying to get over these hot flashes, all that KZ voice coming in. Yeah, it's really a lot, right? Off. Really, really. Yeah. That's, that's why we did it. We said we need to up the sexy quotient here on GCR. And so we said let's make KZ the voice. Of the you, program. I, see, I thought I didn't realize your show was from six to midnight. Apparently, right. I, I always thought it was like you know a little earlier than that. Not <laughs> bad, sir. Not <laughs> bad. All right. Um, there's so much, right? Like, there's actual sports that we have to talk about this week. What do you, what do you want to talk about? You want to get into tennis? We yeah, right. Golf? That's the one. Um, yeah. I, I am. You know, I, everybody's screaming about the two point conversion thing. I just, I just don't think it matters all that much, right? Like, I, I think that we are obsessed, and I, it's almost infuriating. We're obsessed with one play, one decision, and blocking out the story of a football game, and really the story of a football team at this point, which is for everything they had been through, their quarterback had managed to pull them out of it, and then over the course of the last month, this, this cover zero thing has, has really wrecked their quarterback, and. And I'm not – I don't think that this means that Lamar Jackson stinks or that he won't still be a great quarterback for a long time. But it is alarming to me just how poorly he has played in the face of this over the course of the last four weeks. And I, I think it's got to be alarming for the franchise how poorly he's played over the last cup four weeks. It feels like it's the equivalent of Achilles, right? Uh, I, I mean, if we're going to sit here and talk mythology. Uh, that they found out the only way they can kill him is is by uh, you know the back of his heels, and they're not going to do anything to protect it. Like it's this cover zero thing has been so ridiculous. Like how do you not build something to? I mean, I saw the video with Dan Orlovsky going off. Like why don't how how do you not have something some sort of max protect? How are we not looking at this from different angles to try to create something? Because to me, football is all about adjustment, whether it's from year one to year two and so on, game to game, in game. Um, and, and trying to make something happen so they adjust to it, and then you have to adjust to them again. That's To me, that's what sports is all about, for that matter. Uh, you know, I, the, the whole thing with yesterday's game, going for two, it, it doesn't bother me one bit. After what I saw in the fourth quarter, I thought it was the right decision to go for it. I thought the play call was great. They just didn't execute it. It's, it just happens. But, um, but you know, it, this whole team's problematic, and it's been that way. A lot of it stems from injuries. You lost, now with Marlon Humphrey, I think it's eight starters, 
that you expect at the beginning of the year. And, oh, by the way, that's not adding in some of the other guys that were going to play uh, a ton of minutes or a ton of snaps, if you will. Um, so, it, you know, what they've done thus far has been pretty amazing, but there's a really good chance if you look at the rest of the schedule that they're an underdog in every game except the last game against the Steelers. Um, it's possible. I mean, I, I don't know. I think it also, like in this league anymore, I feel like if they win next week and they look convincing, then who knows what happens the week after that. They're right? underdogs like, next week to the Browns. And that, which makes sense Which makes Rams. sense on the road, right? Like, But if they yeah. come out next week and they look really good against the Browns, then, then who Fair knows enough. at home? You know yeah. what I mean? Like the league is just so week to week at this point. Um, you're telling me you're confident in the Rams? At the, I mean, like, I'm, I'm not. I'm not confident at all. Um, I, everything you said, I think, is true. And I, I'm not saying it's it's not at all on the the offense and the coaching staff, but, man, I, I don't know, Jeremy. I'm looking at these plays. There are throws to be made. Like, they are there. There are options on almost every play for him to get the ball out of his hands. It, it just feels like he is obsessed. Uh, uh, on the touchdown drive, the 99-yard touchdown drive, he's taken everything that was there. When, if it was in front of him, he wasn't looking for a chunk play downfield. He was taking what was there. And then suddenly as the game goes on, it's like he's waiting for this big chunk play to develop, and it's just not there. And there's Devin Duvernay standing by himself out in the flat, and he won't make that throw. It's, it's, well, it's alarming. He did, so, so, sorry, Glenn. He, he's done the same thing that Josh Allen did, right? Well, because if you go back and look at the early games of the Buffalo Bills, everyone was daring him to take the underneath or run the football. They were daring him to do it, yet he was still trying to make plays downfield, and that's why when you look at some of those games, you're like, man, what happened with the Bills here? Why'd they struggle in this game? Oh, right. they, they had to come back and win this one, and it's, it's the same thing with the Ravens. Like, just take what the defense gives you. Like, what, what happened to being wrong, or what, what happened to uh, actually controlling time of possession and moving down the field? Like, watching that 99-yard drive, I'm like, man, I, I know it can be boring to some people, but that's just devastating to the opposing team 100%. when you do that, and then they came out in the fourth and did nothing. I mean, this is it, it's 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 bonkers to me. I I get it. It's not gonna. It's not sexy. It's not everybody. It's the chicks dig the long ball concept, right? Like everybody wants mm-hmm. to just chuck the ball downfield and put up huge numbers and and the whole thing. But that's not. It ain't there. And if you put together multiple ninety-nine yard touchdown drives during the course of the game, I think your number is gonna look pretty good at the end. Tom Brady took everything that he was given throughout the course of his career, and all we do is call him the greatest quarterback that ever lived. Um, yeah, I, I, I just don't. That's the part of it. It's, it's the part where it's simply to me. This is on Lamar. This is on somebody who's been in the league long enough that I, I can't make an excuse for it. Well, I, I you, you, you know what happens with it too, because when it's like you, you want to force teams out of what they want to do. So essentially, if you start taking the underneath, it's the same thing. If you're running the football on a team, then they're going to throw an extra body in the box and say, "Well, you're not running anymore. Now throw it." Well, okay, that's the adjustment. And then you make your adjustment. Now you start taking the deep ball back again if they're stacking the box. And it just feels like whether everybody's going to point the finger to whoever they want to, whether it's the quarterback, the head coach, the offensive coordinator, the wide receivers. I mean, I've heard everything from that that two-point conversion play, and it's just amazing that we all see something different. Everything from Lamar made a terrible pass, he was wide open, to Mark Andrews dropped the ball to uh, he slowed on his route when he came out and should have went to this. It's like everybody sees something different, which is so odd, but something's inherently wrong with this team, and it still may not be enough to keep them out of the playoffs. They still may wind up getting there, but are they good enough to actually make a run with all that's gone on and all the injuries they've had? And that's the second part, Jeremy. Jeremy Kahn is with us on GCR. I, I, I feel as though there is a larger percentage of the fan base, and I wrote about this today at PressBoxOnline.com. You can go read it now that has this feeling of 
the Marlon Humphrey thing just being the straw that broke the camel's back. Like that they they have already been through so much and they've been trying to do this at times with like smoke and mirrors and that this this is the last straw. This is the one. There's just no way. There's no way for an over a team to overcome this much and still figure out a way to go win a Super Bowl. And I, I'm not trying to join the doom and gloom parade, but I'm also not here to tell them that they're wrong, right? Like it, it's mm-hmm. not alone about the injuries to me. It's as much about Lamar Jackson, right? Like it, the the story to me can, still continues to hinge on how the quarterback plays moving forward. But the idea that th- it's just too much to overcome. I, I think it's totally possible that at some point it's just it's it's ridiculous. There's no way that a football team can overcome this many things, be this thin, be playing with guys that shouldn't be out there, and still find find a way to win a Super Bowl. Yeah, look, it's amazing how many injuries they've had, and they still sit at eight and four, like every other team at the top of their division um, in the AFC. I mean, everyone's eight and four, but the the fact is that they've had so many injuries and are still in this position. And when you look at the landscape of the AFC. We talked about it today. It's like, who do you think is the best team? And I went, I can't believe I'm saying this, but the Patriots might be the best I, overall I, I've team. I've said it for three weeks, they, I think they are, Jeremy. Like. <laughs> Look, they're, they, they run the football with this hodgepodge group of guys that nobody – I bet you most people can't name uh, their running backs. I mean, they might know Damian Harris because you drafted him at the beginning of the year, but did you know Ramondre Stevens? Did you know you know that they've been dumping the ball off the dusty-ass Bolden as well? Yep. It's like, he's still there. It's a Brandon Bolden still on this team, and – you look at them and you look at their wide receiving core going, that guy's a cast off. That guy's a cast off. This guy hadn't caught a touchdown pass until a couple of weeks ago when they were blowing out a team and he got his first TD pass in his career, former quarterback turned wide receiver, which they seem to do all the time. And and then you look at their defense going, man, they're getting stops. They're getting turnovers. Matt Judon's been going off. He's become a problem there. They look like the best team, even though they don't have a ton of household uh, names you know, look at the Bills, you'll talk about all these great offensive weapons that they have and the great defensive weapons, and they just lost their best cornerback. The Ravens lose their best cornerback this week. The Chiefs can't figure out offensively what's going on. I mean, the entire landscape of the AFC, it's wide open, and it sucks that you you didn't even have any issues schematically or anything. It, your problems have been all injury-related, and then now it's caused all these problems, especially having all the injuries at running back where nobody respects the running game now. They all just gear up to try to stop Lamar. Um, nobody's respecting these running backs whatsoever. It's a fact. All of these things are facts. He is Jeremy Kahn, 105.7 The Fan. He's with us here on GCR. Uh, let's talk about the Maryland thing. Um, mm-hmm. I'm stunned by it. That's the timing of it, of course. I'm not stunned by the fact that Mark Turgeon isn't – I mean, like that – you know, the way this team was trending, you could have certainly seen that. But, I, I, you know, this doesn't happen, right? You just don't have coaches that walk in in December before they've even played a conference game and a couple months after agreeing to a new deal say, eh, what do you guys think? You just ready to be mo- to move on with it? Like it's just not something that occurs in college basketball. Um, I, I have no problem. I'm not relitigating Mark Turgeon. It is what it is. You know, nice enough guy, did good things, but I get it. This the standard is supposed to be hired, and so that's what it is. I, I have no interest in that. My my issue is Jeremy. I I think that Maryland fans like truly believe this is the best job in the world and that there is some inherent birthright for Maryland to be a Final Four contender every year because they are situated on the East Coast and they're nearby, you know, good recruiting bases. And I, I don't see it. I just don't. I, like, that. people that are talking about Nate Oates as a candidate at the University of Maryland, I think it's bat-ass insane to think that someone who has a good job and could cash in for whatever job he wanted in the future would decide that Maryland is the place 
where you want to risk it all to go be the head coach in College Park. I just don't think Maryland is what a lot of Maryland fans want it to be. And I think that's probably fair. I mean, maybe it's a little bit better than you're giving it credit for, but I think I'd lean more your way that if you're looking at the top uh, teams in college basketball, but it changes every year. Like Memphis became a powerhouse. Who would have who would have guessed that? You know, and by the or, way, I, that's the part. I think Maryland can be. I, I'm not. Yeah. By no means do I think that it's impossible. But I think the notion that you're going to get somebody to look at this right now and say that's oh. what they are is crazy. One hundred percent. So I was looking at it from the other standpoint that it can be that if you get the right guy here. But it's, it's like, can, can you find the right person that wants to take this job? I guess the one thing you could say is that the the two coaches that we've had here previously have been here for a long time. So there's that. You've been given tenure at least, and and a, and a chance to allow uh, to prove that you belong or don't belong. My problem with Turgeon, and I said this all the time, was his you know transition scoring is fine, but when you get in a half court set, it's like what are they running? Like what is their offense? It's somewhat of a a Kansas weave. Sometimes it's hold the ball until the shot clock runs down and chuck it up. I, I'd never liked the half court offense, and and I've said this before about coaches in basketball, football, whatever. You can pick the sport. There are three types of coaches. You got ones that can recruit ones that can coach, and ones that can do both. And for me, I always felt like he was more of the recruit guy than he was the actual X and O's of the game. Like, there were times where we'd watch a game, it was like, why doesn't he have somebody on the inbound? 100%, right. Why did he do this? Why did he do that? And, and granted, some of it is Monday morning quarterback where you're looking at it after the fact going, I don't get that, and people weren't saying it beforehand. But over the long period of time, we started to poke holes in just what was going on. Like, even this year, I, I still don't know, why is Wahab not playing? Every time he's in the game, He's putting up blocks, rebounds, points, and you're telling me you can't play him next to some of the other guys? He can't play next to Reese because they're too bigs? I, like, I, I just don't understand what they were doing. And, you know, we even tried to get him on, and we had him on and actually asked him about it. Ed Norris asked him about it, and he was just like, yeah, we're trying to work that out so those guys can play together. It's basketball. Like, you can put those two guys out there. Like, it's I don't know. I just didn't understand. I mean, there clearly was – there. there certainly appears to be a Wahab problem that he can't extend at all, mm-hmm. like, which is just – I, you know, I don't know. And it's also is why... It behind the scenes? Is it at practice? Right. Is it something in game that we're not noticing? I don't know. I, but, and I go I go a step beyond. This is why when everybody gets all hot and bothered about like names that are in the transfer portal, I'm like, man, I, I am... You're not going to get me to get as excited about this as you. I'm not saying that nobody finds talented players in the transfer portal. I'm just... Boy, mo- yeah. there, there tends to be reasons. Yeah. There tend to be reasons for these things to happen, right? Like, I... I I thought that the expectations were once again wildly off for a Maryland basketball team, and in that way, I expected something closer to what they've done. Like if if you if you set all these results, save for yesterday, right? Right, set, erase yesterday, and say everything else is the exact same, but you just switch out instead of losing to George Mason, they lose to Richmond, right? Mm-hmm. Then I would have said that's probably what I expected from Maryland basketball. I just never thought they were as good as everybody else thought that they were. And that doesn't make any of it acceptable. I just It goes back to, I think there is this bizarre obsession with Maryland and what Maryland can be and what Maryland should be instead of acknowledging what Maryland is. And it pains me because, you know, I love Maryland basketball. Like, in the same way that you did growing up, it's what we had. We didn't have mm-hmm. a football team here. Like, the, Maryland basketball was what got us through. This was... It was it was the Orioles and Maryland basketball, and that was it. Um, the Orioles got us through at times. There were there were years. I mean, there were <laughs> yeah, there there were years. Yeah, there um, were some. No, no, but like to to your point though about Maryland basketball, like I, I've always felt that they were that borderline top twenty five team. Wouldn't surprise me to see them in the top ten. 
Wouldn't surprise me to see them out of the top 25. And if they got in the tournament and they got to the Sweet 16, most years I'd be like, well, that was pretty good. Um, you know, they got they had that wonderful run to the national championship when Gary was here with kind of his guys and then tried to go the other route and bring in all these big-time recruits. And for whatever reason, it didn't pan out. I don't think that was a reason to just go back and start recruiting whatever, you know, the players that fit your system. But um, you'd like to see the, the, the better players come here. And then right. they, they, Maryland's kind of failed. They, they've, they've had guys that have been one and done, but they failed to embrace it, saying, okay, let's bring this guy in and see where he can take us. And we've seen the, some of the top-tier teams, Duke, Kentucky. Um, I mean, you go out west, USC, Oregon, all these teams that have embraced the, the one and done. Either they failed to embrace it or they failed to get him, Frank. And that's the part of like, in, in doing the rehashing the Turgeon thing. I think he is oversold as a recruiter. Um, yeah. I, I, frankly, he's vastly oversold as a recruiter. Um, I, I think that he got Diamond Stone and it made people think that he was this unbelievable recruiter. That, there, was, there was one kid, right? There was one mm-hmm. guy. Melo Trimble was a highly sought-after recruit, but he was a highly sought-after recruit from right down the street, right? Like, I, the notion that he was going and getting world-class talent from all over, it, it just never, that was never real. That didn't happen with Maryland basketball under Mark Turgeon. So... I think it's part of the story that doesn't want that nobody likes to tell, and it's it's weird because nobody really wants to defend Mark Turgeon, but people paint him as uh, a a good recruiter, but not a great X's and O's coach. And I just don't know where the good re- Gary Williams got McDonald's All Americans, he got Mike Jones, he got Travis Garrison, like it's he got those guys too. Mark Turgeon yeah. didn't suddenly make it some new uh, new uh, standard of recruiting at the University of Maryland. He got a handful of good kids and. Mostly got the guys that you could expect Maryland to get. No, I would agree with that wholly. Um, you know, there's it, it, it hasn't been, you know, there were times where we had high expectations. Like, I would have been interested to see how they did during the COVID short year because I thought they were starting to come together and play well, and there was some talent there. But, it, I mean, you look at some of the smaller things, like the transfers. They brought in guys in the transfer portal this year, and they lost guys in it as well. And it wasn't like that they went to powerhouse teams where they were like, hey, it's my last year to play. I got my fifth year or whatever. Uh, I'm going to go try to win a national right. championship. Daryl Marcel just <laughs> you know, left. We, he just left. He yeah, just Marcel said, left and went Marquette. Yep. So just it's like, good. really? That's where you want to – maybe fair. he saw something. Maybe he felt like that would be his best shot at getting to the next level or whatever. But I haven't even heard his name mentioned. Uh, no, he's played well, actually. He's played well. He's, 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 I mean, again, it's, it's at Marquette, right? So you're just not paying attention. Yeah. But he's played well. Um, yeah. Man, look, I, I don't know. I don't have a right answer to this. I, I think that Maryland fans are ultimately – one of two things is going to be is going to happen. They're either going to be disappointed because the hire isn't the name that they want it to be because it's not you know Nate Oates, or it's going to be a a guy. Maryland's going to say, well, we we have to do something that pacifies people who want a name, so they're going to end up hiring someone who's in their sixties just to hire a name, um, knowing it won't be somebody that'll be here for a long time. Whereas I'd be completely, fi- I and I mean this wholeheartedly. I don't Kim English. Everybody's hot and bothered about Kim English. I don't feel much differently about Kim English than I do about Ryan Odom, frankly, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, in fact, I would say Ryan Odom's got a better track record as a head coach. And I'm not well, how suggest- do you feel about Danny Manning, then? I, I, I know. You know what I mean? Like, there, there's no track record with Danny Manning as a head coach, right? Like he, he, well, I mean, he was at Tulsa and then Wake Forest. And, and, and he and did a – if you want to say he did a good job at Tulsa, I'll buy into that. But he struggled at Wake Forest. I mean, he really that, – that did not work for him at Wake Forest. But was he struggling to bring in talent to Wake as opposed to, you know I, – I, 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 look, there's been talent brought into Wake, so I'm not trying to give him a pass. Yeah. I like Danny Manning. I've I, always have. I like him um, as a – I like him – I like him – I really liked him as a player. I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. a, I'm a no on Danny Manning. I mean, like, it would have – 
would have to do something extraordinary, right, at this point. And obviously, it didn't get off to a great start yesterday. Um, yeah, he's Peyton and Eli's older brother, right? Because that's yeah, correct, one hundred percent. And, I, you'll, I and you'll see him tonight on the on the Manning cast. It'll be uh, yeah, Peyton, it, it Eli, and Danny Manning. Um, I, I'm just, you know, I I'm fine with this being. I don't need to me. I don't need it to be a name. I need to be someone who's up for the challenge of Maryland basketball. And I never mm-hmm. thought that Mark Turgeon was fully up for that challenge. Um, you know, we'll see about some of these other guys, but I I that's I care about that way more than I care about it being some name or some splashy hire. Yeah. Well, and it'll be uh, like the the other thing that's real intriguing about this is how the team plays the rest of the year. Are they, you know, do we, yesterday's not a true indication of watching them play, but do they get better under Manning? Are they happier that now he's gone? Do we see some of the things we've been asking about? Do we see an actual half court offense happen? Um, You know, I'm kind of curious what the rest of the season looks like, because again, if Danny Manning doesn't have a shot to to win this job and they're going to keep going after somebody else, how do the kids play for him? And, uh, what happens at the end of the year? You know, that, there's just a lot of things. I guess we just have to let it play out and see what the team looks like. Yep, yep no doubt about it. All right, what's coming up on the Big Bad Morning Show this week? So all this week, I mean, we'll obviously be uh, rehashing going for two, and uh, was it a stupid decision? We had somebody – I actually had somebody call in and say that they should uh, think about a quarterback change, and I'm going, I, I can't believe we're having this conversation. Like, as bad as some of the things have been with Lamar, it's when when, it's when you win as much whatever. when you win as much as the Ravens have won over the years, people really don't know what to do when they lose. Like they yeah. just panic. Losing a game just takes us to places where, like, imagine being in Detroit. Imagine being somewhere. You know, like the, people just lose their minds when the Ravens lose a game. Yeah, Detroit's probably burning the city down. They won a game, so yeah. it's. Uh, um, I did like the celebration of Jared Goff's uh, yeah. supermodel yes. girlfriend. Yes, that was, uh, that was pleasant. Yeah, like, very... Show me more of her. Right. So, I'm happy for him too. At Jeremy Con 1057 is how you follow him on Twitter. Appreciate you, pal. We'll talk to you next Monday. Thanks, man. Jeremy Con checking in with us here on GCR as he does every week. Today's program also brought to you by. Ooh, how about this one's brought to you by Window Nation. Uh, it's cold out. It's the reality. Just cold. That means you're going to have to be dealing with energy bills that are going to be a bit higher. But Window Nation's here to help. For December only, 50% off all style windows and a house of windows for only $99 a month. Call Window Nation today, 866-90-NATION, or visit windownation.com. We'll come back in. We'll dish out our slaps. Uh, tidbit, tubit, or wrap it up. Glenn Clark Radio. Come in for Glory Burgers, Glory Wings. There's glory for everyone at Glory Days Grill. Enjoy their award-winning burgers, ribs, and wings, or try our fresh salads, hand-cut salmon, or our scrumptious sandwiches. Yum! Come in for our daily specials every weekday, like $6.99 burgers on Mondays and $5.99 nachos on Thursdays. And watch football on their big screens every Monday, Thursday, and Sunday. Dine in and let us serve you, or order online at glorydaysgrill.com. And take it home. Visit us at glorydaysgrill.com for a location near you. Glory Days Grill, great food, good sports. Window Depot Baltimore provides the highest quality Pro Via windows, doors, and siding for all budgets. The best is finally affordable. Call them today for a free in home consultation at 410 941 3499. They also offer Zoom and FaceTime consultations in an effort to practice social distancing. A proud sponsor of the Tyus Bowser Show, you can find out more at windowdepotbaltimore.com. <laughs> I've driven my tractor trailer millions of miles and I've seen it all. 
The next time you change lanes when driving, remember, because of the sheer weight and size of my truck, I'm not able to stop quickly if you cut me off and brake suddenly. One wrong decision could change our lives forever. Trucks need room to stop. Don't cut it close. Brought to you by the Maryland Department of Transportation State Highway Administration. Looking for a simple holiday meal? Try Chick-fil-A Catering. From Chick-fil-A nuggets to mac and cheese, enjoy a variety of tray options sized perfectly for your get-together. Order through the Chick-fil-A app and bring smiles to your family gathering. Availability and order requirements vary. See restaurant for details. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. What's up, everybody? This is Taz Bowser. I can't wait to see you guys for the Taz Bowser Show this fall. We're going to be taking the show on the road all over the area. You can meet me and my very special guests. If you can't make it out, you can watch the show on live on Pressbox Facebook page or listen the next day. Find out more about where we'll be by checking out PressboxOnline.com slash Bowser. We'll see you all season long for the Taz Bowser Show. The next Taz Bowser Show is Tuesday, December 7th at the Bowman on Harford Road in Parkville. It's brought to you by Press box great eights memorabilia as well as window depot baltimore window depot baltimore.com duffy's garage in baldwin duffy's garage md.com and the nfl chick sarita hubbard joins us courtesy of my bookie we can't imagine why you'd want to but you can watch gcr live it's at facebook.com slash sports and try to guess whether these guys are wearing any pants Winding down for a Monday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Hey, uh, pull up Ben real quick. Uh, pull him up on the video and the audio so he can say hi. And 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 the Ben is one of my favorite people. Ben Lamoon is here. From um, you hear us talking about Duffy's and Baldwin. You hear us talking about Window Depot, Baltimore. I got to slide you closer to this microphone, pal. Oh, um, but uh, uh, Ben, y- you beyond those things, like you're also your own individual, like business. You're yeah. you're a like Kanye West once said, you're a business. Yeah, man, myself. I yeah, right. I've seen myself. Yeah, man. Tell everybody about that. Well, I mean, I do what I do for you guys here, I'm trying to get everybody. I'm good at marketing, good at branding, good at logo creation, graphic design, music. You name it, I do it. I got to the point where I got tired for working for everybody else and decided to be my own man. Yeah. And here we are. Well, how can people get in touch with you? Well, you can just hit me up on my Facebook page. It's BHL Creations LLC. You can call my mobile phone, which is my business phone. That's 443 360 7379. I make all kinds of logos, advertising, the whole nine. You have an idea, you have a vision, I create it. Very good. We appreciate you being a part of what we do. Particularly appreciate you being a part of the uh, Tyus Bowser show, oh, which will be back for tomorrow. tomorrow night. <laughs> Looking forward to being at the Bowman on Harford Road in Parkville. Wish we were talking about a win, but it's what it is. We have a good time no matter what. If you don't take a risk, no one remembers your That's name. a great point. That's a great point. That's the reality. So we'll talk about that with Tyus Bowser tomorrow night. Thank you, uh, Ben, uh, for all your support of what you're doing. All right. Uh, let's uh, let's dish out our slaps of the helmet. Slaps of the helmet brought to you this week by uh, this one's brought to you by your Baltimore area Chick Fil A restaurants. If you're looking for a simple holiday meal, then try Chick Fil A catering from Chick Fil A nuggets to mac and cheese. Enjoy a variety of tray options sized perfectly for your get together. Order through the Chick Fil A app and bring smiles to your family gathering. Availability and order requirements vary. See restaurant for details. Five Ravens, rank them five to one, with number one sort of being your anti-player of the game. Um, two offensive players, two defensive players have to be on the list. The fifth can be another offensive player, another defensive player, a special teams player, or a coach. I will begin. Yuck, I don't know what that was. 
Number five for me, Mark Andrews. It's difficult, right? Because it's not just obviously that would have been a difficult catch to make at the at the end. That would have been a tough catch to make, but he had his hand on it. It's a play that could have been made. He also had a drop earlier on in the game, and both of those things ended up being significant. And really, it's more about the standard, right? That I, I've got somebody, I got a couple guys on the list that I'm like, I don't really expect a whole lot out of these guys. I don't want to just the list be a bunch of guys that I don't have expectations for. You're Mark Andrews. You got to be the guy that's making the plays. You have to be the guy that's making the plays in the big game. You, that's 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 the expectation that you have for this player. That's what they're being paid to do. Um, it's not he's not high on my list, but he makes the list at number five. So Mark Andrews is actually my number four. Okay, and I, I agree with you. Uh, he's a guy who has his biggest drops under the brightest lights, and it's. He he's one of the best tight ends in football. There's no getting around that. But that that play, I think the ball should have been caught for the two point conversion. He had a drop. It, it um, wasn't a good throw. It's still a makeable play. It, it, especially when we've seen him make harder catches than yep, that. Sure. Um, and he's he's one of those guys. He he dropped a pass on that 47 second um, drive after the Steelers had scored at one point in the fourth quarter. Dropped a pass that would have extended the dr- a drive that ended up being only 47 seconds. So he was my number four. Okay. My number five was Marlon Humphrey. To me, he struggled to tackle, lost a couple of guys in coverage. I thought the, G- the defense overall played well except for the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had to pick two guys. I struggled with this. I, I saw him get a little bit lost in coverage at times, and to me, so he was my number five. Look, I struggled with two defensive players as well, and especially, again, given the burden of expectations. Like The only one that was kind of obvious is one that we just don't have high expectations for. Um, that being said, my number four was Dafe Owe just because he didn't really make an impact on the game. Um, and I know he's a rookie, and I know, but like at this point, it, you need to be generating something, and at, at the minimum level, disruptive. And he just really wasn't disruptive. And I, you know, but frankly, I thought about Tyus, right? Like, and I think Tyus does enough of the other things that mm. Dafe Owe does kind of one thing, and that's disrupt in the backfield that's that's what he's here to do and he just didn't really do a lot of that yesterday and on again a day where to your point it was difficult to pick two defensive players to put on this list because I don't think it's really the story of what happened yesterday they needed somebody to be disruptive they needed somebody to step up and and make a play blow something up in the backfield ruin the rhythm that the Steelers offense got in the fourth quarter and Adape always kind of here to do that he had one uh, pass deflection for the game he didn't make a single TFL like he just didn't do anything in the backfield yeah I, I actually had two different slaps of lists where my number five was different and the other list was Adafi away yeah. at five because like you said he had five tackles in the game three solo um but I didn't really ever hear his name. I was surprised to see that stat line. And at least you saw Justin Houston in the backfield yesterday. You did not see Odafe away in the backfield. Nobody got to the quarterback, yep. but he was that guy where it was like, you really didn't do anything yep. today. Uh, so that said, then because uh, we already know you're number four. My number three, and again, this is difficult because I, what do I expect from him? But Tyree Phillips... Tyree Phillips was a guy that we didn't know Patrick McCary was going to work at tackle. Mm-hmm. And if he hadn't, then Tyree Phillips was going to be the team's tackle. So to say, well, he wasn't he was only out there because Patrick McCary got hurt. Yeah, but Tyree Phillips is supposed to be able to play right tackle in the NFL. Now, it's when you're going up against 
really good tackles are going to get abused by T.J. Watt. T.J. Watt is a different yeah. world. Yeah. So I, I put him on the list almost because I feel like I have to because it was part of the story yesterday, but I get it. It, it is a big ask for anyone facing T.J. Watt, and not all of the sacks yesterday were on any particular offensive lineman. A number of them were just on Lamar for holding on to the ball for too long. Um, but ultimately, at the end of the day, I, I can't ignore it. Tyree Phillips had a tough day. He's my number three. He's another guy I went back and forth with on the offensive line, but I, he's not my. Uh, he, I didn't end up putting him on my list. Now, my number three is Anthony Averett. Uh, he got beat like he stole something twice. Now, one of them, he kind of ran into his own teammate on that touchdown. Uh, another one would have been a touchdown if the guy didn't drop the ball. He had the big pass interference penalty. That There was a back and forth. People I was watching the game with hated the call, but I think that it gets called every time. I agree. You know, I, it, I don't it, I don't really know what there is to hate. It's, that's that's a call. The call's the call. Yeah, he, it, it was. he's played really well all year, uh, save for the, the Colts game. I think this was his second worst game of the year. Uh, my number two was Anthony Averett. I mean, again, it's a difficult thing, right? Like, he's not supposed to be one of these teams' two top cornerbacks, mm-hmm. uh, but that's where they are. He's going to have to play significantly. Just was not a good day. I yeah. mean, it's, it's kind of no way around it. It was not a good day. Uh, my number two was an <laughs> insert name here on the offensive line. I chose Alejandro Villanueva because I, he couldn't even dig deep against his former team. Okay. He's been a turnstile all year. To me, it's just clear and evident his career is over. He, he, he's, I'd be very surprised if he plays again after this season. I mean, I, I, I can't fathom it. Um, and look, number one, it's what it is. I, if, I, if, I'm trying to think of if Lamar would have made the list. If the, if if the two-point conversion was converted, I wonder. Lamar might have cracked the list at number five if we had done – Pats. pats. I, I really had to think about that. Like I was doing this math in my head. Like who would have made the pats on the ass list if they just complete that, right? Like if that pat, if that's just caught by Mark Andrews, they win the game. We got to do a pats on the ass list. Who the hell makes the list? I, I don't know because it was hard for me to think of five guys that played particularly well yesterday. And so because of that, Lamar might well have made the list. It might not even been at number five. Like it might have been that we would have just said, look, when they need to do, he marched them down and. Got him a game-winning touchdown, and that overcomes everything? I, I I don't know, but ultimately there is no debate about it. Lamar did not have a good day, um, and it's a, it's, it's a boiling thing, but he's number one on the list. Ultimately, Lamar had three drives that got them deep into the red zone. Two of, two of them resulted in touchdowns. One of them should have been a touchdown, but he made that horrid throw. Um, and that's why Lamar Jackson is my number one. He's been a problem for this offense for a month, and... He's been bad, and we can't keep pretending that it's okay because he's Lamar. He holds on to the ball too long to make too many off-target throws. It, to me, it's surprising because of what, A, he's such a competitor. And I, I, I think he really is pressing. I think he feels like he has to do everything, and he's trying to do way too much. You know what I mean? And the fact that he's playing for a $500 million contract, and, he, and he's playing this poorly, it's got to get – if Lamar doesn't get better, they won't win another game. Um, I, I don't know. I can't. I, you know, I'm not gonna say they, he didn't play well last week and they won. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, I can't. I can't say that. But I, I understand. A hundred percent. He needs to play better. Period. One hundred percent. Um, a few of you, a, a lot of you guys admitted that you struggled with doing uh, slaps this week because there were too many options. I, I hear you. I mean, that's part of the problem. From Matt, uh, number five, Andrews. Number four, Patrick Queen. Still see missed tackles. I mean, as the game went on, there definitely were some missed tackles. Number three, Anthony Averett, the most targeted cornerback in the NFL for a good reason. Two, Lamar, and one, Greg Roman. I mean, I I hear you guys. I just don't think this is on Greg Roman. I really don't. 
K KZ's trying to do a bit. He wants to put Lamar on the list twice. I love you. I love you, pal. I get it. You can't put Lamar on the list twice. Paul five James Urban, the quarterbacks coach. He needs to get through to Lamar. I don't know why. I, I said a lot. A few people brought that up on our post game show yesterday. I don't really know that I get that fully. Like I just don't know what the thought is that the, the quarterbacks coach individually has to be the guy that gets through to Lamar. But I, I'll listen. I mean, I'll listen. It'd be nice if he did. Uh, four Justin Houston, three Anthony Averett, two Tyree Phillips, and one Lamar. John Proctor went on a, a lengthy diatribe about how he couldn't make a list. <laughs> well, I, d I really don't know where to put this one. Same story from the offensive line. Wide receivers had some jobs, de drops, defense gave up some big plays. Freeman looked better, at least. Only real slap I have is for Lamar. He knows he is playing poorly of late, but nothing seems to change. You got to give five, John. <laughs> That's how this works. Like, I, it's tough. It's tough. It's somebody, uh, Kenneth tried to do the entire offensive line at number five. Again, you just pick a guy. Four, Jimmy Smith, three, Averett, two, Mark Andrews, and one, Lamar Jackson. Here is a good number, however, from John Proctor, who follows up uh, our comments about uh, what we're talking about with uh, the, the lack of pressure. The Ravens are tied with five other teams, 26 sacks, which ranks 21st in the NFL. Also points out they haven't had a pick six since 2019. Yeah, they don't force turnovers this year at all. It's been bad. And a lot of that was masked by, as I said, I, I thought – T Tyus Bowser was probably not likely to get the interception opportunities that he got a year ago that, that sort of jumped off the page. And again, he's been a more complete player this year, so that doesn't bother me. I, I wasn't going to pay Tyus Bowser based on interceptions alone. It was going to be on what he could do as a complete player. I thought that the interception number was a bit of an anomaly. Mm -hmm. um, and then you combine that with... I think that the number got inflated by the number of times Marlon Humphrey was able to get the ball out, and I always thought it was going to be tough for him to continue at that pace oh, absolutely. moving forward. So without those two things, they, they just haven't gotten those big types of plays. Continue to get me your slaps of the helmet. We will share them throughout the day at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter, and we will post them at glennclarkradio.com a little bit later on. All right. Uh, today's tidbit is brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and by a toyota.com. Make the most out of every day in a Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models, a RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. I need to get me a RAV4 at some point. Although the, um, I, I, you know, I got a bad history. I got bad luck when it comes to vehicles, so I'm not, maybe it's not the greatest idea. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals and new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Of course, if I do have bad luck, I'll just take it to Duffy's Garage in Baldwin. Duffy'sGarageMD.com. Yeah, yeah. Ben, Ben, Ben's. Whenever, whenever I got to go to Duffy's, Ben wanders back over to hang out with me, which I always appreciate, right? Like, turn Ben back on for a second. Yeah. Yeah, I retired from working on cars, but when Glenn goes in, I go back. Yeah, and I've always appreciated that about Ben. He, and that's that's the you when you take your car somewhere, it's got to be. I say this all the time. Got to be somewhere you trust. Oh, I trust Duffy's. All right, what you got for tidbit? All right, so tidbit today comes from uh, ESPN Stats and Info tweeted this out last night. It comes from the Elias Sports Bureau. According to Adel to Elias Sports Bureau, the Rockets are the first team in the four major sports history to win. That's the NBA, NHL, Major League Baseball, and the NFL to win six straight games immediately after a losing streak of fifteen plus games. First team in the history of the four major sports to win six plus game to win six games. In a row after losing 15 plus. Oh, okay. So the tidbit question this is really hard. This is really hard. Okay. What are the worst starts in each of the four 
major professional sports to make the playoffs? I, I, I can I can I know I have no idea. All I have right, so, no clue. I don't I don't even know where I begin to guess. Right, I, I realized I mean, like I, I did this last night and I was like, this is a good one. And as I'm driving here today, I'm like, yeah, this is really hard. This is not. It also doesn't really have anything to do with anything that's going on right now. It's part of the problem. Um, I, I, <laughs> the the Jets. No, because uh, there's two Jets. There's Winnipeg so, let, let and there's me, New York. That's what I'm pl- trying to play. The <laughs> Rangers. Again, there's two. There's Texas and well, New here, York. Let's, I'm um, trying to improve my odds. No, John Proctor, it's not 0 and 5. Um, it's 0 and 4. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna I'm, I'm I'm gonna do this a little bit differently. I'm, I'm gonna do this on the fly here. All right. So, the four local teams. To make, what is their worst record? We'll we'll start with the Ravens through 10 games. What's the Ravens' worst record to make the playoffs? Oh, four and six. Five and five in okay. 2003. So in Major League Baseball, the Baltimore Orioles, uh, they were under 500 at different points in playoff seasons in 1996 and 1974 what was their records their worst records at any point in that season in those seasons yeah give me a number of games uh for the orioles for the orioles it was 103 games in in 96 and 55 and 74 in in, uh, in 96 they were they were still around 500 they were they were 49 and 54 they they were uh, fifty one and fifty two, okay, sure, fifty one and fifty two, sure. and, and through fifty five games in nineteen seventy four. They were they were twenty and thirty five. They were really bad. I don't <laughs> no, know. I mean, twenty six and twenty nine. This know. is my worst tidbit. Yeah, this one was. I'm going to be honest. When this one was, this one was really I, I, rough. I, I, honestly, I've been sitting here during the show racking my brain trying yeah. to figure out how to make yeah. this better, and there's, yeah. there's just no way. So yeah. then, this one didn't work. In the NBA, the Baltimore Bullets in 1952-53 season made the playoffs at sixteen and fifty four. Okay. Because there were ten teams in the NBA. Five, com- each conference had five teams in the oh, top. So four somebody teams, had to get in. Sure, the top okay. four teams each, and then in the NHL. The Washington Capitals actually have the worst record at the midway point in the history of hockey to make the playoffs. They were 15, 21, and 5 with 35 All right. points. So there's that. There's that. Terrible tidbit. I'll be it better was, tomorrow. It was, it was rough. Like, yeah. I can't lie about that. That one, that one was rough. But uh, hey, These everybody... aren't easy to find, man. I, like, I, 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 I don't think they're as hard as. I've got a great one for you, in fact. Um, okay. uh, last night, Patrick Mahomes became the first quarterback to win 18 of his first 21 career division games. Who are the other three quarterbacks that have won 17 of their first 20 division games in their career? 17 of their first 20 division games. Yeah. You in can let Ben guess too. Probably Tom Brady. Not Tom Brady. Not Tom Brady. Not Tom Brady. Uh, Lamar Jackson. Not Lamar Jackson. I don't know that he's gotten he, to 20 yet. Well, wait. Now hang on. That would he should. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah 18, yeah. 20. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Also, how's how's it Mahomes only got the 21? That doesn't make sense either. Now that I think about it. Yeah. He, it's not great. Yeah, yeah, he was hurt. No, he was hurt. He was hurt. So that's the answer. Yeah, for like five games. Um, yeah, but they're probably division games. It's probably the yeah. reason why it happened that way. All right. So, uh, so it's not 18, Peyton Manning. You said what? What? Eighteen of twenty-one or seventeen? Seventeen of twenty. Seventeen of twenty. I don't think it's going to make a difference, though. I don't think the number of games. Seventeen of twenty. Let's see. Uh, Johnny Unitas. It's not Johnny Unitas. It's not Aaron Rodgers. John Proctor. Drew Brees. It's not. It's not Drew Brees. Wow. Brett Favre. Favre. It's not Brett Favre. Favre. <laughs> so it's another th- quarterback that played for the same organization as two quarterbacks that you've already named. Bart Starr. It's not Bart Starr. Between the two of you, you both guessed a different quarterback that played for this yeah, franchise. Yeah, I, 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 I heard the inflection in your voice with the Colts, so I know it's a Colts quarterback. Uh-huh. It's Peyton Manning. I know that you already guessed uh, uh, Peyton Manning. Horrible, that wasn't me to guess. No. Oh, okay. 
You gotta go. You gotta go oh, back. Andrew I don't. Luck. I don't know. I don't it's know. It's Andrew Luck. Thank Get you, Ben. Out. Thank yeah. you. Andrew Luck is correct. I forgot Andrew Luck existed for a yeah, split second gone, because yeah, he retired dead, so basically. early. Yeah, he's basically dead. One hundred percent. Um. <laughs> all right. So then the other one is. There's two more. The, the, yeah, but the the other one that you said is a team that we already guessed. No, I just said there was one that you already guessed two. Uh, oh, oh, yeah, that was gotcha, the point gotcha. that I was making. God, mm. Couldn't be Eli. It's not Eli. I would just keep throwing out names of quarterbacks, though. <sighs> Philip Rivers. Not Philip Rivers. Um, Ice. Doug Flutie. Not Doug Flutie. Ben Roethlisberger. Not Ben Roethlisberger. Not Matt Ryan either. No. For what it's worth. No Matty Ice. No. Boy, this is this is uh because there's been so many quarterbacks. Dante Culpepper. You're, you're you're thinking too hard. Was it? Joe they're both Pro Football Hall of Famers. Oh, they're both oh. Pro Football. Dan yeah. Marino. Not Dan Marino. John Elway. Not John Elway. Wow. Steve Young. Not Steve Young. Joe, Joe Montana. Montana. Not Joe Montana. Wow. Wow. Um, Kurt Warner nailed it. Proctor, oh. well done. Kurt, Kurt Warner is a correct Kurt answer. Kurt Warner. Rams. Is Kurt Warner Raiders? such like a Rams? Rams? I don't feel like Kurt Warner. He was very. I don't feel like he played long enough to be in the Hall of Fame. But that's just me. He's in the Hall of Fame. I, I, I know he is. But yes, yeah. well, he won one. He won he made one. It to a second. Made, made it to made a it second. To two, yeah. lost one. Made it to th- three, right? Because yeah. he was with them won when with they. The Raiders yeah. too. No, no, no. He won. He won his Super Bowl with the Rams. He never played for the Raiders. Um, uh, he made a Super Bowl with the Cardinals. Ah. And he made a second Super Bowl with the Rams. They lost to the Patriots. Oh yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. Um. So there's one more. One more. He's a Hall of Fame. Speaking of the Raiders. No. Oh, uh, Fran Tarkin. Is, is that him? No. no. He didn't play for the Raiders. Minnesota. Ugh. He had a great nickname. I'm, I'm Ken Stabler is the other name. I'm Ken Stabler. Ken Stabler is the other I'm real. I'm there. really there. bad with old-time quarterbacks. All right. Uh, it was not – It was not. T- everything about Tidbit went poorly today. Just a poor segment, poor uh, – you know what? We'll do better tomorrow. That's what we're going to do. We're going to do better tomorrow. That's a promise. That's a promise from me to you. Tubular brought to you today by Glory Days Grill, where they've got six ninety nine burgers every Monday. So get over there tonight. Uh, big game. If you want to hang out and watch it, get over tonight to Glory Days Grill. Enjoy some six ninety nine burgers. GloryDaysGrill.com, the website to find out more. Also, don't forget, Stan the Fan will be talking baseball tonight with Ross Grimsley. Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. Uh, and if you miss it there, see it tomorrow. PressBoxOnline.com slash video. Here's what's coming up. Otherwise, tonight, as I mentioned, big game. New England, Buffalo. Pretty important contest in the AFC East that's on ESPN at 8.15. And there is a Manning cast tonight on ESPN, too. ESPN 3, Towson's at Kent State at 7. Uh, Morgan State's at home at 5 against something called Millersville. I couldn't tell you. NBC Sports Washington and NHL Network for Ducks Capitals at 7. NBC Sports Washington Plus for Wizards Pacers at 7. Thunder Pistons at 7 on NBA TV. NBC Sports Network for Everton and Arsenal at 2.55. The USA Network for WWE Monday Night Raw tonight at 8. Some non-sports highlights? All right. Jonah Hill is going to be on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon at 11.35 on NBC. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence is going to be on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert at 11.35 on CBS. Um, 911 on Fox, The Big Leap on Fox, All American at 8 on the CW. Uh, HBO Landscaper series premiere at 9 o'clock, and The Forever Prisoner at 10 o'clock. It's a documentary about the first prisoner that was at Guantanamo Bay that was ever like tortured, tortured mm. um, by the C- CIA, like waterboarding and all sorts of stuff. And he's still there. He's still at Guantanamo Bay. So it's a documentary about that guy. Okay. Uh, that, that premieres at 10 o'clock tonight on HBO. All right. There, yeah, that is, that is By the way, I, I don't know why, but for some reason I watched the new Home Alone offering on Disney Plus this weekend. Oh, man. They're still en- making enough, those? Enough people said it was, like, pleasant that I was like, oh, I'll take a look at it. 
it's it it's fine in a campy way right up until yeah, I don't want to it it ends up falling apart totally. It completely and totally falls apart. I'm never going to watch it. You're not but gonna it has it enough of like small like um you know, if if you don't hate her, Ellie Kumper from um uh, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt and was uh, on the office of course oh, before yeah, that. I like, her. like you know, she's in there um Oh God! Why am I blanking on these people's names? There's there's funny people that are involved with this project, and I was like, all right, you know, it's worth a shot. And it's it's nothing. There's nothing there. I'm a, yeah, it's it's over. I like yeah. watching a lot of baseball movies to get myself primed for baseball season during spring training. Uh-huh. Um, and I was looking for one that I had never seen. I was like, is there a good baseball? We're still mo- months away from spring training. Uh, uh, right? Uh, n- right, but but yeah. to to your point of everybody said that this was good was oh, okay. pleasant. So. I saw a lot of reviews. It's, I can't remember the damn name of the of the movie, but I saw a lot of reviews for this movie that was suppo- that that it was good. What, what, it, it was a, it was a baseball movie starring Joe Manganiello and Sofia Vergara. Joe Manganiello plays Brad on um, I, How I, I Met I, Your Mother. I assure you, I know who Joe Manganiello. They, they were dating, or maybe they were married. I think the they're, they're, they're married, married still, right. um, and they're both in it. He's the this baseball player who's a top prospect when he was a teenager, and then he went to jail because he he got in a fight with a guy who fell and hit his head on the curb and ended up dying. So he went to jail for a long time. He gets out of jail in his late thirties, and now he becomes a star again. And she's the love interest that he left behind, and then they re- ah. rekindle. And they were like, "This movie's gonna be. This movie's actually pretty good." And I watched it. It's not good. Yeah, yeah. It was awful. Yeah, and it's most. That's mostly the same with Home Sweet Home Alone. It's Rob Delaney who I was trying to think of, who's very funny, who's in it. Pete Holmes, who's also quite funny, is in it as well. But it just doesn't work. It just doesn't work. What media? You got Sandlot, the best baseball movie of all time, Rookie of the Year. You, you got to be closer to the mic, Ben. Oh, sorry. Yes. Rookie of the Year, phenomenal baseball movie, but mm. you got to watch Major League. Like, that's like the best mm. baseball movie. I got a lot of... We, we, we end up spending 20 minutes talking about this topic, so I'm just going to leave it alone. I'm just going to leave it <laughs> you're, alone. You're, I'm just going to choose to me pass. Too. I'm me gonna too. choose to pass. Uh, tomorrow night, don't forget to come join us at the Bowman on Harford Road for the Tyus Bowser Show, brought to you by Pressbox, Great Eights Memorabilia, Window Depot, Baltimore, Window Depot, Baltimore.com, Duffy's Garage in Baldwin, Duffy's Garage MD.com, and by my bookie. We will see you tomorrow night. Please bring a new unwrapped toy um, to help out Great Eights Memorabilia and their toy drive this year. We'll move you to the front of the line. If you do, uh, donate a toy tomorrow night at the Tyus Bowser Show. Also, uh, we've got – go to glennclarkradio.com right now. The collection boxes are all out. They're all over the place. Duffy's Garage in Baldwin has one. Uptown Cheapskate in Bel Air's got one. Uh, Jerry's Toyota, Jerry Chevrolet have them. Uh, Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square's got one. Glory Days Grill in Towson has one. And who am I missing? I'm missing two somehow. Oh, right downstairs, right here at Meadow Mill. They've got one right downstairs in the lobby. In fact, I saw two bags in there this morning. I was very happy about that. Right here in the lobby at Meadow Mill, 3600 Clipper Mill Road in Hamden, there is a drop-off box as well, and I still think I'm missing one. There's out there somewhere, and I can't think of what it is. Uh, yeah, whatever. I'll think of it when I think of it. The moral of the story is we want you to get out and drop off your coats, your clothes, anything you got to help helping up mission. If you take a picture of your donation, tweet me at Glenn Clark Radio or email me glennclarkradio at gmail.com, and I will register you to win autographed 16 by 20 canvas um, from J.K. Dobbins. So... It's a great prize, and you know, there's no number. Somebody asked me that. Like, you have to no, donate one coat, and you get registered. Just take a picture of it, send it to me, and you're in the running to win this autographed J.K. Dobbins cabinets. But we only have two weeks, so please get out this week to any of those locations. Drop off your coats and clothes, or you can bring them tomorrow night with you to the Bowman on Hartford Road in Parkville. Cool, good gravy, awesome. Thanks today to 
Seth Greenberg from ESPN. Thanks to Kadri Ismail. Thanks to Jeremy Kahn. We'll get all that up in the greatest hits section of the archives. tab at glennclarkradio.com. We're going to talk more about the Maryland situation tomorrow. Jay Billis from ESPN is going to join us, share his thoughts. Um, of course, we'll have some Ravens conversation. It's Tuesday, so we'll catch up with Patrick Stevens. Stuffing things as always. Thanks to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, CCBC, Glory Days Grill, Window Nation, Royal Farms, ExxonMobil, KNS Automotive, the Maryland Lottery, Great Eights Memorabilia, Live Casino Hotel, the Baltimore Area Chick-fil-A Restaurants, the Maryland Department of Transportation, Underdog Fantasy Football, Duffy's Garage in Baldwin, Window Depot, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com, and my bookie. Thanks to Paul Valley. Follow him on Twitter at Paul Valley the Third. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Monday evening. Go uh, Towson and Morgan. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks too.